Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Boom, we're on. And today's guest, we've got Jordan McCann. Jordan, Hi, brother. How are you, bro? Listen, I've waited a long time for this, James. Yep. Now it's game time. Go time, brother. First and foremost, I just want to say this episode is sponsored by Little Lucas. So check out the Instagram. Fair yes. play, and it's not just to cover the new brother, haircut. Thank you. But thank yeah, you for that. check out Little Lucas. Everybody go add Little Lucas's uh, Instagram. That's my friend's son. You know what I mean? He's going to be a superstar. He's a superstar. And thank you very much for doing that, bro. Trust me, I won't yeah, forget listen, that. Yeah, man. Game time. Also, Let's promote your UK tour first and foremost yes. as well. Where can people buy your tickets? Go buy my tickets. Go to my Instagram. The link's in my bio. Uh, it's called the Freedom Tour. I'm doing 15 cities in November till December. I'm coming to Scotland. I couldn't get a Glasgow um, date this time. I could only get Aberdeen. I couldn't get Edinburgh either. For some reason, the councils was being funner. Um, but I'm going to be in Aberdeen uh, all over the UK. I've got Wales, Ireland. So, yeah, man. Everybody get your tickets, come and support it. Let's mm. go. You're flying high, but you've had your struggles in life. You've spent percent. over 10 years in prison, kid from Salford, oh. now doing videos that are viewed over 100 million times. Unbelievable artist. I think you're, you're one of the best out there. Thank you, bro. You've done a lot of silly shit as well, which we'll touch on. This podcast mm. is laying it out on the table for people to give an understanding about you. I believe right. you're a good guy. I believe you're, you're trying to send the right message. Obviously, mm. you can be confused by being in jail your whole fucking yeah. life and being tortured from a young age to then try to survive. But let's go right back to the start with that so people can get a proper understanding of who Jordan McCann is, what he's all about, and what his plans for it is for the future. So... Right back to the start where you grew up and where it all began. Um, so um, I was born in Manchester, St Mary's Hospital. Um, it was actually in a hostel at the time with my mum and that, do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, man, I was born there, Manchester. Um, my mum moved to Salford a couple of years. Like, we lived all around Manchester, do you know what I mean? All like the, the like the hostels, you know, like for like women who was like, Struggling? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, domestic abuse and things mm. like this. Not normal hostels, like, you know what I mean? Guarded hostels. And, um, yeah, so basically grew up there, then moved to Little Autumn. These are my earliest memories. Um, growing up in Little Autumn was a bit mad because for the first, like, 10, 12 years of my life, like, we never got accepted there because my family had been travellers, like, all my life. Like, I'd never travelled and that. But all my brothers and sisters, they, they grew up on our traveller sites from my dad, do you know what I mean? Um, so when we've come to Little Autumn, this is a little area in the dregs of Salford, the bogs of Salford. And these people are quite stuck in their ways. And they hated gypsies. Like, hated them. So, like, we'd have, like, someone would smash my mum's car or smash my window and things like this. And, like, um, this is a story I wanted to tell today for my mum. And the whole of Little Oton actually signed a petition of over a thousand people to get us moved out of the area. My mum still has this. So they went to the council and the council come and advised us to move the offer to my mum and house in Earlham. 
And my mum is a strong woman. She said, I ain't moving nowhere. And I was like, you're under threat and all that. And my mum's like, we ain't moving nowhere. This is partly why my mum had to breed us to be, you know, how we are. And, um, yeah, we just faced a lot of discrimination, let alone for years. Like, it was like the jippos, the jippos, do you know what I mean? That's what everyone would call us. Because my mum would be like, in a little tranny van, seven kids in it, you know what I mean? We're hanging out the fucking windows, the roof. So, um, yeah, I faced a lot of discrimination. But obviously, once it got to high school and I got older, my older brothers got older and my older brothers weren't having it, do you know what I mean? So, whatever's gone on in my area. And then, yeah, man, I just got past the torch, you know what I mean? When did you realise that you were in a struggle that people were discriminating against you? And I wouldn't say bullying, but it's a sort of... It's just like the teachers and that, and like school trips and school plays. Like, I was never allowed on school trips, never allowed on school plays. The teachers didn't like my mum. They used to send my sister Amy home every day because my mum, like, used to buy a lot of gold, you know what I mean? Like, especially back in the day, travellers would wear a lot of gold, you know? Like, I always remember my sisters having, like, the doll chains... And the big circle earrings. Do you remember them back in the day? Yes. And um, in Little Orton, nothing against Little Orton. I love Little Orton, yeah. Love them to death. But, you know, I can say because, you know, I've put that town on the map and I've done more in that town than any person there, whether it be criminally or legitimately. And, like, a lot of people there are stuck in the ways. It's a little area where people have never left. It's a very one-sided British mentality. Very, you know discriminative place and they didn't like like my mum would buy the girls the best of clothes because I'll tell you one thing we never struggled for nothing James no matter what if my mum had to go out and rob it or we had to go with her and rob it we got it brilliant one the new pair of trainers that came out or a new computer that we didn't get but my mum would always buy the girls gold and the, the school teachers would send my sisters home for wearing this or for wearing something so there was always like a clash with the schools with everyone so that was with my older brothers and sisters. So then I come up now. So like, oh, Jordan, oh, McCann. Do you know what I mean? It was always a bit of like that. And like, um, just like in high school, so when I went to high school, then they'd be like, you know, going to people's houses and that. Like no one would let me come to their house and things like that. Like a lot of my friends were friends now and I speak to the mums and that, but I also still remember a lot. Do you know what I mean? And they all be nice to me now and I think, yeah, I remember you. Like they'd be like, made me stand outside the garden and things like that. Things that never bothered me at the time and don't bother me now. But I'm just, this is just me being able to recognise, you know, that was a lot of jealousy because my sisters were very strong women. They wouldn't take no shit. They'd fight men. They'd fight anybody, right? And my mum was the same. So people would then, and my brothers done, it was, it was crazy. So people would then take it out on me. Do you know what I mean? Then my brothers would go jail. My sisters would be doing, going working and I'd still be here. So I was sort of like the little target. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, man, that was partly down to the reason why I'd done a lot of things that I'd done because I also felt like people was trying to follow my family, you know what I mean? Yeah, at that stage now, you realise the effect it does it have on you, even though at the time you don't realise it, but now yeah. you think, fuck me, like, target every last... day, on... constantly paranoid, looking, is it next? Because if it's the mum and then it's the brothers in prison and then you've got to try and be the man of the house at a very young exactly age. Exactly that. When did you realise that? life was fucking mad or did you not realise then because it was just so normalised to be honest probably even being real yeah because you know it's hard to get this dialogue out yeah especially when you've really been through it like me bro and, that. and I'll be honest even sitting on these interviews talking about stuff not that I feel like like a snitch I feel like but I want to get out of that mentality that that's a childhood mentality this is why I'm sat here with you like I want to get myself comfortable to speak about everything this is my fucking life mate and like me and you said on the phone a few weeks ago when you said to me that you know, God forbid I do go back to jail or something happens to me, right? What will my story be? What everybody else says. No, it's time for me to tell my story, man. 
and I'm not some washed up guy sat here talking about 60 years ago. And me, Jordan McCann, now in my prime, the best rapper that England's ever produced. And I'm here now to tell my story, do you know what I mean? When was the first time you got into trouble? Um, I got arrested multiple times when I was seven, eight. I used to get arrested in stolen cars, burning cars out, you know what I mean? Smashing buses up, like the daft shit. But you can't be arrested in England until you're 10. So I'd just get brought home. But then that's when like they bring like social workers and things like this. And um, as soon as I was 10, I was then arrested. I had a football match for PO United. This was the local little Oakton club me and Kane used to play for, Free Kano. Um, and we was going to the football match and we was playing another team and they pulled into the car park. I was getting a meat pie and cheese and onion crisps, what I used to get every day. Yeah. And then I got that and then come outside and then these guys was there with their dad and they had a song for us, yeah? And they used to go, P.O. United, that's so shite, he'd never won a game in history, yeah? And they started singing this song, singing this song. So I went around the corner, got a big piece of wood, come straight back round, hit the kid, chased his dad off and all that. And then I was arrested for assault times three and criminal damage because he hit the car. And then, yeah, that was the first time I'd been arrested. Because I know your, your dad passed away in prison, but... Yeah, God rest his soul. God rest his soul was he never in your life for the seven years? No, bro, no. But I would have been in my life, yeah, but not that I have memories of, do you know what I mean? The only memories I have of my father is visiting him in prison, that's it. Just remember the clothes visit, you know, the screen. That's all I really remember of my father, to be honest with you. Do you think that plays a big effect on the things that you've done through life, not I having don't, a father figure? I don't know, James, to be honest. I don't know whether to say yeah or no, because, you know what I mean? I don't genuinely know. All I know is that I love my father, whether I knew him or not, and a lot of people in my family feel like I can't claim that because like, he's not my father, that's my father, bro, you know what I mean? I mean, man, I'm Jim McCann in the flesh, so you know, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And a lot of this is, uh, you see him go to Ireland a lot, so do my father proud, my father's from Dublin, and, you know, a lot of his family and that would have fell out with him, and I wanted to just make him proud and let him know, like, look, here's your son, I'm a king over here, I'm coming back over here. I'm truly tracing my father's steps. I'm going to make him proud. I know that he's watching me now. Yeah. 13, is that the time you got took away? Did you yeah. go into like a horse, like home, children's home? Yeah, yeah. What was that for? Um, I got arrested and I was fucking, let me think, um, for burglaries, bro. How was that? How was your mum's reaction to that? Was that just... She knows you were trying to survive. Do you want to know the truth? Yeah, this is why we're here, bro. <laughs> My mum bought all the stuff off. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, basically what had happened is we'd been evicted from 67 Chedworth Crescent and we was living um, with Calf Savile. If you listen to my little on song, I say, um, this one's for Calf Sav for keeping me safe. I was young on the run, she'd always give me a place. Kaf Savile, I love you so much, Kaf, for everything you've ever done for me and my family. So Kaf was my mum's best friend. She lived at the back of us. We got emergency eviction. That's where the council come with the police and they take you out the house. You don't get a 28-day notice. It's an emergency eviction. So they come to the house, front door, back door, removed all our stuff and whatever else. And um, yeah, so basically threw out straight on the street. So we're on the street now. But obviously, anyone would have took us in on the estate, do you know what I mean? But my mum is too proud, she ain't going to go and live with anyone. So we went and lived with Kaf, who lived at the back, and she, we lived there for like a year. So that's why I go back there on the video and go and see her, because she'd done a lot for us, do you know what I mean? 
because up here it's secure units and stuff. Is that the same as England? Yeah, yeah. I went to secure units. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm my closest friends there, Jack, man. That's my brother right there um, behind the camera. And that's where me and him first met in our school uniforms. So um, we have secure units there. It's just like baby prison sort of. You can't go to prison until you're 15 in England in the YGB, the Youth Justice Board. So, and in HMPs, I'm on this is prison. So like, you can't go there till you're 15. So you go to secure units. So um, yeah, it's basically like a kid's home with gates. So like, you'll have your little cell, but you'll be out your cell all day and you'll be doing like arts and crafts, cooking, football, playing games, things like that. And spent, I spent all my, all my youth in that. What was that like being away from family? Oh, the first time was a bit surreal because I just went to court with my mum. I have, and my solicitor just told me I'm not going to jail. So, because I was about to run off, I was in Southern Magistrates Court. I was about to just run off. My mate Ryan Mack lived around the corner. I was about to run to his house, sorry, and not even tell my mum. But then um, my solicitor said, No, you're not going, you're getting a suspended sentence. So I goes back in courtroom two, it was. Remember, I asked you to try rent the court the other day yeah, yeah, to yeah. do the podcast in the court. Mm. I told him because it's been shut down. Turned the houses, I think. Yeah, so I tried getting James to rent it, but um, yeah. So I goes back into the court, and then the judge says, "Right, multiple times now you've done this. You're getting a custodial sentence." But I don't know what custodial means, so I'm just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." And then um, all the guards come. As my mum started screaming, she obviously knew once the guards come up, they're coming up to take you down. But I don't know, so I'm still like, "What's up? What's up?" And she's like, nah, always, always heavy, James. My mum, just imagine what my mum was like. Do you know what I mean? Like, they had to physically take my mum off me, you know what I mean? Bro, was, that was the most traumatic thing. Because then all the guards just come and got me, like, two at the back, two at the front, put cuffs on me, and my mum's like, what, you can only imagine, do you know what I mean? And literally, like, a film from, something from a scene, like, in, in Salford Court, and they take you downstairs. So they walk me downstairs, you go past all the old cells where they used to hang people, and that, it's really daunting. It's like something off a horror film. Took me all down there and left me in a court cell. I was just in the cell for like six hours. Solicitor come, he said, right, you've been sentenced to eight months. I said, where the fuck am I going? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I didn't have no idea about security units or anything like that. Like, um, I didn't even understand where I was going. So then, um, I like, a, when you're older, you go in sweat boxes, but when you're in secure units, they bring like, you know, galaxies or like a people carrier Picasso sort of thing. So they brought that with like five guys. They just come and got me, put me in the van. I'm like, where am I going? Where am I going? They won't tell me. So I'm just driving with all these strangers now on the motorway. Um, then we went on the Barton Bridge. I remember being on the Barton Bridge. Um, then they just done the right down like a little, you know, down a path. And then we drove up past the helipads because they have the, the helicopters there, like for Manchester helicopter bases there. Um, then they just drove me into Barton Moss, drove me through these gates and that. It looked a bit like a nursery. It was all like paintings and things like this. Drove me through the gate. Then they shot me in. And this is the first time I ever got strip searched. You know what I mean? Don't forget, I've never been strip searched in my life. I'm only 13 years of age. Um, and then, yeah, man, I've just gone into a room. They'd give me a box and was just like, right, take your clothes off. And I was like, what? And like, take your clothes off. I was like, fucking what? Do you know, I was a hard-headed little bastard. What was I like, Jack? I was a ruthless little bastard, wasn't it? I'd always been like, with my brothers been in my area. We'd always been like them, like, there's, you know what I mean, bro? And just, boom, just slapped me about seven times. Big, big, horrible, greasy twat he was. And what was surreal is he worked at my school when I got out. So anyway, we'll get to that. So he says, bah, 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 bah. Because I remember it now, my ears stinging. I've never had ear pain like it. 
And he's like, you're in fucking custody now. Where your fucking mum and dad, right? She fucking understands you, fucking blah, 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 all that. So I take your fucking clothes off now. So bam, took all my clothes off, stood there naked, you know what I mean? I just squat down and all that, yeah. Whatever. Then um, got took out of there, got took onto the unit. I got put on, what unit was it? Yeah, ballet or something. And we got took to like these three units inside Bartimus. So I got took to this unit. And then it was all nice on there. Then it was all like carpeted. All the people was dead nice. Met some lovely woman. She's like, you okay? Come and meet everyone. And then walked me through to like a TV room. Everyone's like watching teller. There's like Jack's there, fucking Ishmael's there. Shout out Ishmael, my brother. And a couple of the lads was there. So um, they're like, yeah, Jordan, blah, blah, blah. Sat down chilling with the lads. They brought me loads of food and I had loads of food. And then, yes, yeah, brought me to my room. I actually like probably enjoyed it. Probably like had the best time in one of the best times in my life because I had my own room. I was playing football every morning, going to arts class, going to cooking. I loved it. Because like, you had some structure. Genuinely loved it. Like, no joke. I like, really, really loved it. It's sad that as well, though, that you would choose, not choose that, but that's what you would love instead of being out there with not really knowing what's going on in life, oh. try to survive doing the bad mm. things. Then you've got a wee bit of structure where you're playing football, you're getting fed, you've got a roof over your head. I genuinely didn't want to leave there, James. Like, I love the people, man. Like, Is that why? Cause you, did you not get released and ended up back after an hour? Yeah, I got... Um, I actually ended up having... Is that a, the reason? I ended up having a fight in there with one of my real good friends, one of mine and... My mate's good friends, Ismail, yeah, Ismail Rude, my brother from Tox, the real soldier, man, my brother, yeah. And, um, but he's a cocky little bastard, right? If you even meet him now, like, everyone knows who's going to watch this podcast, knows what Ismail's like, yeah? <laughs> he don't give a fuck, right? And um, me and him had a bit of a little argument, right? So we're like, right, meet in the TV room. We've ended up fighting for, like, half, like, non-stop tellies and all off each other's heads, all them things. So I actually got... Um, they come into my pad, they restrain me, put me in cuffs, put me in a van and drove me four hours to County Durham and took me to a place called Hassockfield. Um, I spoke about this the other day on the other podcast. If you Google this place, this is called the STC. So in England, we have secure units. Then you have secure training centres. So secure unit, you go there on your first trial. But if you're uncontrollable, you'll be sent to an STC. An STC is like a level up from a secure unit, basically like jail. This is where the like child killers are, people who've killed the family, lifers, like this is like the catties of secure units. So you get to County Durham, if you Google it or anyone does, you can see it's it's got such high walls, like bigger than strange ways, like Alcatraz. I got there in the snow, it was the winter. Yeah. It's just all snow everywhere, gets there, big gates, goes in there and I'm like, right, where am I? And I'm now I'm somewhere serious, you know what I mean, James? I've just come from a playground now. And all the officers are there with Geordies and Scottish people, like very tough, thick-skinned people. I'd never met a Geordie or a Scotsman before. Um, so you got brought in there, same thing, strip search, but very, very in-depth strip search, like hands on your like, whole body, right? Mad. And um, just a really rough, tough place. Like the culture in there was just, you had to be tough, you know what I mean? So has it feel to get checked in the reception, get walked through and to walk down a big path. And as you're walking down the path, all the other units are here and everyone shouts stuff at you. And you're dead. Where are you from? 
What's your name? I'm like, Salford. They're like, ah, where the fuck Salford, mate? You know, these Jordans, yeah? So I'm like, where am I going here? Yeah, they're like, so everyone shouts, if you come in here, you're dead. If you come in here, you're dead. But it's coming from every unit. And you're just walking with your bags, yeah? Everyone else has got their heads down. But I'm just arguing with everyone, you know what I mean? But really, my heart's pounding, yeah? It's a memory I've not remembered for time. All you can see is hands and faces, like, sticking out the bars. And, um... I guess brought on like, walking down the ast. It's an astral turf in the middle of the jail, and all the wings are built around it. So um, walking down the astral, we do a left. I go into this unit now, walks into the unit, put my bags down. Everyone's at the doors now. It's like fifteen cells. Where are you from? Where are you from? What's your name? What's your name? What are you in for? Who are you? Who are you? Da -da 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 -da. Yeah, so I'm just ignoring everyone. Then I goes to me, gets brought to my cell. They walk me to my pad now. I've just been in bar and moss where they give you like an actual bed. You've got a bed, you've got drawers, you've got a power shower. Now I'm in a cell of cells, right? This is constructed in I don't know, like the 1800s or something. This is a really old place, right? No shower, no nothing. I'm in a little cell. I'm like, wow, yeah. And then everyone's like banging on my wall. Bah, 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 where are you from? Where are you from? I'm saying, well, fucking see you in the morning and all that, yeah. So then it comes out for breakfast in the morning. I used to get like an egg. A boiled egg and a bit of beans. So comes out and goes to sit at the table. And some kid, some Geordie kid called George, I'll never forget him. He's actually a boxer now, a champion boxer right now. Um, Bantamweight or something, right? But fuck him anyway, because I still don't like him. Tries to text me on Instagram for him. Fuck you, little dick. Give me the biggest black eye I've ever had in my life. So he, but he was waiting to be sent. So once you're in secure unit, but you turn 15, sometimes they were waiting to get you a space. You know, like in, in another jail. Mm -hmm. But if you're a really good prisoner in there, they'll keep you to be a role model to the other lads. So he's like 16 now. We're 14, 13, but he's a tall Then and he gets to go gym and that all the time, you know what I mean? So anyway, I've gone to sit down. He's like, somebody sat there. So I've just sat down anyway, yeah, so I don't give a fuck. He's like, all right, should we watch in a minute? He's gone over anyway, tried picking up the beans thing, coming at me with the beans thing. He's been restrained and that. They've put him in his cell, yeah? I'm going, you fucking dickhead, whatever. I totally forget now. I go out and exercise. You used to have to go out every morning and do a lap of the jail and do like monkey bars and like they're trying to make me do pull ups and I can't do them. I can't do one. And I'm like, come on. I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah. So now I can walk in and I'm totally forgot about this cunt, mate. Next thing I just feel, I can't even remember it. Just got pulver toes off this fucking little Jordan knob. Yeah. Pick up all my other Jordans though as well. I'm not beefing on Newcastle. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man. That was my experience of him. And then he got moved off my unit. And then uh, I didn't actually see him again, like in the jail, do you know what I mean? But yeah, that was my first, that was my first day. Going there, woke up with the biggest closed eye. Like I've never had a proper black eye before. Golf ball on it. But then obviously I got the, um, I had a lethal sock. I had about 16 batteries in a sock. And every single visit I used to pray that I seen him because I was going to stove his head in. And I used to get my friends up and we was all going to rush to swat because he fucked me up, do you know what I mean? But he got moved to another unit and they'd have football on different days than us. But when he'd be on the Astro, I used to try squirting with piss and all that. But that was my first experience of Hasek Field. But then um, my friend, who I actually had the fight with Ishmael at first, yeah, he got brought here. So now imagine I'm at the window now seeing the new kids coming in. I'm, I'm all settled now, do you know what I mean? I'm, and I've been in there, I've had a few fights, getting on with everyone and whatever. I even had a girlfriend in there because... They used to have girls in there. So they'd have a girls' wink to all little Geordie girls, Scottish girls, like doing big sentences, nine years, 12 years, stab the stepdads, stab the guys who was raping them. Oh, 
all kinds of scenarios, right? And they'd have like makeup courses and, and hair courses, right? Um, but we'd do PE together, trampolining. It was, um, it was sponsored by like the Olympics and that. They'd come in like helping kids and shit like that, yeah? So um, we all used to go like behind the curtain and get like little wanks and that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my first experience with that and then yeah man it's, from there brother just come out and just hit the streets in it and like do you know what I mean did, I, what age did you get out yeah I got out when I was 14 so still only a young boy yeah still a young lad yeah. how was it like getting out did you feel as if you were leaving a family behind nah I've asked feel nah I actually like cried joy walking out of there it was a bad place James man I actually got shut down because of sexual abuse and physical abuse to uh, women and boys and that is put down as like one of the worst ever uh, institutions it had been under like been getting warned to get shut down for years it was just bro it's brutal in there bro you could be into death but no joke when i say full-on beatings like no one don't care there ain't no cameras and all that you talk back to a staff you're getting knocked out you get slapped you get like everyone's gonna watch this who's been in asic field is gonna vouch for this you're gonna see him in your comments like classic field was no fucking joke mate let me tell you now, that is a rough place. It'd be hard for me to even go into detail about how some of you wouldn't believe me about half the stuff, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, not my chief out on everything, you know what I mean? Does that scar you as a young boy or does it make you angry against the system and then yeah. become anti-authority where I'm, it's payback? That's why I also fought the system a lot. Like, <laughs> if we talk about like people going to prison, and I know that I'll speak about it a lot and people say, why do you always talk about prison? I think if anyone has the right, me amongst a lot of other people right here. Like people have gone jail and that, and the realest people, but you just see them, they're not criminals, they just turn to screw boys. I've seen a lot of my friends do it. I've seen the, these so-called gangsters from all over have been in every jail, mate, and they fucking turn into little screw boys. They work with the screws. They, they do anything to get a job. They forget who they are. I never went to prison and forgot who I was. I never forgot who I am. I fought that system tooth and nail. Whether it be over a visit, over an app, over a phone call, I fought staff tooth and nail. I stood up for what's right. I've caused many riots in Lancaster Farms, HMP Preston, orchestrated standouts, 35 men in the summer refusing to go in, put all shit in the locks with matchsticks, made them get the fire brigade out and pop the doors, things like that. I've always stayed strong, so like... A lot of people I'll be in jail with will be like, oh, come and link up, bro, I'm out now. And I'm like, nah, bro, I remember you. I remember you working with the screws. I remember you going, putting it on little muppets, like the screw would say, a little fit screw. Oh, go and tell him for me. And you're at his door shouting at him. I would never work with any kind of authority. So if I do speak about prison a lot, it's because a lot of people who've been in prison with me can vouch for this. And I don't think no one else could come on podcasts and say this. Um, that like, whether it be HMP, Armler, Marshgate, Strangeways, I've always fighted the system massively and fighted the screws tooth and nail, do you know what I mean? Not that something I'm proud of, but it's something that I own and no one ain't taking that away from me because I ain't wasted 11 years sitting in solitary doing shit protests, fighting for my life in cells, getting choked out by big men and fucking hammer-fisted me for 15 minutes, waking up unconscious in my own piss, bro, to not come here and speak about it. So when I do talk about jail, I want people to understand because that's all it's ever been for me. Not that I'm glorifying it. And, and you people who have never been or been through that kind of thing, you can't own any opinion on it, you know, so just shut the fuck up. So seeing you're out at 14, how long did it take you to go back in? Um, I can't remember exactly the date, do you know what I mean? But I just know when I was 15, I ended up getting three years. Yeah. What for? Yeah, uh, for a drag-out robbery in a section 18. Was that your first big sentence? That was my first big sentence, yeah. What's that feeling? 
that was a bit fucking scary, James, you know what I mean? How so? Yeah, it was just a bit scary, brother, man, because they actually told me I'm getting five years and there's a lot of people there, a lot of older friends. I was actually the youngest person there and they're asking me to come forward, like, yeah, give my friends names, which I'm never going to do. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think there's many 15-year-olds that take something like that on the chin right now these days. And um, there's pressure on me, whatever. So then I was charged with um, two counts of attempted robbery, uh, three Section 18's violent disorder, offensive weapon, bladed article, amongst um, a lot of other charges. Then once I was in the police station, I was rearrested for dangerous driving, aggravated vehicle taking, hit and run, um, three counts of robbery, two attempt robberies, and I had like 28 convictions. So I actually done quite well to just get three mm -hmm. years. I didn't get three years, actually, to lie. I've done seven months on remand, then I got a two-year sentence with no remand off. I got a two-year DCO detention training all the sentence. Um, so I'd actually, I got a three-year sentence though, mm -hmm. because my remand time didn't get took off normally. Your remand time and get took off your sentence. So you'd only had a few months left. Yeah, yeah, but but I didn't. I had to start my sentence from the day. Do you know what I mean? What about your big brothers at that time? Were they already yeah. down the same path as you? Did they ever tell you, listen? Yeah, one Because of as you get older, you realise, this ain't a fucking life. And there's mm. some advice, but listen, I've got the uncles and all that, and they never really changed. They just seen that as... This is that I'm not changing for no country. Yeah, I don't think no you know country. they're not able to change in it, but they're still in this life and even to now, like you know. Oh, so there was no guidance to say, listen, you're only 15. It's it, it, it wasn't it. It's just one of them. Do you know what I mean? But everyone's mm -hmm. in it, and it we're in it, we're in it together. Do you know what I mean? Like do I've you, seen the light a little bit, but I can't really expect everyone to be on the same wavelength. You know, it's not their fault, bro. They, they are being circumstances and areas that. It's all good me going back and saying, oh, you should do this and that, but how can you, bro? People are still living tooth and nail to feed the children and they got to do what they got to do, bro, you know what I mean? So, what was it like? Did you start feeling a little bit having power when you were doing robberies and people going, he's a mad bastard? And does that give you a sense of power where that's where you keep doing the bad shit because people then become fearful of you? Because if you're getting beatings off screws and mad it's shit's happening... My brothers and that was like, rob my house, best of my brother, yeah, they was good robbers, do you know what I mean? So like, they'd be like, doing big robberies and coming home and waking me up when I'd be there seeing all the stuff and, you know. That's an attraction. Yeah. It's sexy. Massive. Like, sexy, like, man. Waking up, you know, my older brother's fucking our gym, the madman, he's coming every night, guns under my bed, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm only saying this now because he got convicted of it. So I, I ain't trying to go <laughs> so don't you, expect a chap nah, at the nah, door, nah, Jim. Nah, nah. He ended up getting six and a half years. I actually had his gun on me. He'll tell you about this story, you know, we'll laugh about it. Yeah, I was only 13 at the time. I had a 38 Smith & Western 5 in it and I've got a 38 on me now. This, I've been in this for a young, long time, James, you know what I mean? Like, very long time. So um, we're in the pub now. My mum used to own a pub. It's called the Spa Tavern. You know, you hear me talk about the spa a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, spa Groves where I got my name popping. That's what I say in Little Luton. Um, so the spa's a little area in Little Luton. I'm actually off Amble Court, which is next to it, but they're both, they're, it's, it's all it's all our estate, you know what I'm saying? It's one street different. But my mum used to run the Stumble Inn um, and the spa, and these like the roughest fucking pubs you could ever imagine, right? Proper shit. Have you ever seen Shameless? Yeah. Right, so imagine Shameless pub times 100. That was our pub. Our shut pub up. then shut, four or five days open. Everyone coked up this up, but police running in and out of it, cars smashed up. It didn't stop that, you know, my mum's a hustler, them beers, everything watered down, every fucking scamming, fucking set up, <laughs> pills behind the bar, sniff behind the bar, fake clothes, dupes, aftershaves, G-star jumpers. We fucking had the lot, mate, yeah? So anyway, so yeah, Jim, my mum had the spa pub, cut a long story short. So the spa pub was full with 
everybody from around my area, but um, something massive had happened in my area a few weeks before with one of my brothers and a lot of these people. But these people want my other brother's friends. There was my my other brother. There was his friends, but they want my oldest brothers. Like he used to, my oldest brother would be like, no one likes us around here. These pretend to like us. And they go on about my other brother being friends with these saying, don't trust them. So now I'm with my eldest brother and he's liquored up, yeah. And uh, he's like, get ready, get ready. So he's basically, I watched him go and put it on the whole pub, all these people like sticking on him. I'm on the side of him, you know what I mean? Like he's already cocked my hammer and all that. I'm here like, fucking hell. I can't even hold this thing, James. It's heavy as fuck, do you know what I mean? And... And my heart's pounding because I'm seeing what's going to happen. And regardless, even if we would have shot one of them, we was going to get killed in this pub, bro. There's about 90 people watching football. So my mum's like, son, please, please get rid of him. Get rid of him, yeah. So um, I gets my mum's car and gets um, some Irish guy, my good mate. He's a bit of a drinker, a bit of a pisshead, but he's good stuff. So I said, look, bro, £50, please drive my fucking brother out now. He's like, you've got to come with me. He's going to kill me. So my brother's got in the car, punched him straight away, grabbing his face. I'm like, please stop. I'm in the back with some birdie my brother's got, yeah. And he's like, give me the gat, give me the gat, yeah. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. So he drives out a little alone and gets on the East Lanks, drives straight down to Manchester, I dropped him off on him. Oldham Street, this is where he got arrested, actually, with the gun in the King's Arms pub, famous pub in Manchester, everyone goes there. And uh, yeah, dropped him off, tried to hide the gun. He fucking punched me up on the back seat, got the gun from the bottom of the seat. And 10 minutes later, bro, he got attacked by armed police, got a gun, but he didn't got caught with a gun. <laughs> got six and a half years. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, yeah, man. But he's a madman. Like, he always come and just put guns under my bed, under my sister's bed. Come and wake me up at three in the morning. Jordan, like, my sisters would be out partying and they'd be like, right, we're going to burn this flat out. And we'd be going, doing all kinds, nice. just because my sister's been there partying. We've always been very protective over our sisters, you know what I mean? And my sisters weren't allowed boyfriends and all that, bro, like, until they was 18. They probably did have boyfriends, you know what I mean? But we was on their case, mm -hmm. like, massively. All my sisters were vouched that anyone, no one could never come up to my sister in a pub, bro, and put your arm around my sister, bro. You'll lose your life. Nobody could ever chat to our sisters. Nobody could walk them streets with our sisters. We've always been very protective of our sisters, you know what I mean? See, when you got your free, where did you go? Yeah, I was in HMP Hinla. In what was that like? That ended up becoming like my home, like, you know, growing up, because like, that's basically a massive part of my childhood. HMP Hinley is the biggest juvenile. Um, it was at the time, it was like 12, 13 wings. That was everyone from the Northwest. That's where I met most of my friends um, to date now. And um, that was a really good prison, to be honest. I really grew up there and loved that kind of place. I used to get out and get myself recalled to go back there. Is that because your life was full of chaos outside? With yeah. The guns and I'd the robberies? Get, I'd get and out that. and I just couldn't take it, bro. Like, I just. Because I'll be honest with you, bro, I've got urges to kill people and that, James, you know what I mean? Like, And I know it sounds a bit mad to say that, you know what I mean? I'll be honest, bro, still get, yeah, I'll get them now, do you know what I mean? Not that I'm, I might have to do that a bit out, I don't know. I can't see a bit of that. No, because I get that. Yeah. I think about that, mate, I go running and think, I, do, I could bury a Especially with this music. Yeah, listen. <laughs> I do. I'd genuinely be, I, I go running up and out. Was that genuinely? Trouble. Yeah, I spoke out to a psychologist uh, about this. I says, man, I could bury that cunt. Imagine me when I'm getting like And she says, it's okay having the thoughts, obviously, if you don't follow them up, but everybody gets those thoughts. Listen, I've seen the, the strongest men become the weakest and the weakest become the strongest. I had a woman on called Sarah Sands. Old man abused her sons. She went and got a blade, went round and plugged the cunt, killed him. You know? 
Everybody's got that in them. Fair play to Everybody's that. got it in them. Everybody thinks that's why I, what I be. That's what I mean. Why I want to let things out. Don't want to look like much like going on, but it is what it is. Like I still get that now, especially when like um, I get like little fools and like trolling me or doing whatever. Them kind of things can't affect me because I know who I am, bro. Do you know what I mean? But that's your breaking. Just get. And dented. I knew I am from a street sense to everything. People who go online that are fools, but sometimes I think, do these people not really understand, bro? Like. What what can happen in two minutes flat can turn people's lives upside down, bro? Like anybody can, but genuinely, brother, the other people don't have resources or that they, they get up and go to do that. Like if I wanted to be a cunt, James, within fifteen minutes, brother, like you know what I mean? That's I know it's, that might sound cliche, but I don't give a fuck. If I wanted to go down a different route right now, brother, yeah, there's no one who's got as much influence as me, bro, or who wants to get something done, has got the means to get something done. I could get these little tramps whacked, bro, with the people and fucking bury them. But I'm not going to do that. I ain't going to do that. I'm not going to get, because this will be getting played at my trial. I ain't going to do that. And I'm not going to let someone win. But sometimes I get urges to, to show my city sometimes. And I think, do you think, because I'm doing music, like what, what do you think it is? Do you think I've sold everything? Do you think I have not got more links than I've ever had? Do you not think that I couldn't bring fucking water to any of you little clowns in five minutes flat? Do you think that I need to pay anyone? Do you think I couldn't get a thousand kids to go for nothing to come with me to bring relentless attacks from one to two to three and when you're just chilling and it's all in uproar, four, five again, six cars burnt out, you wouldn't even have a clue what's coming. Do you, do you want to provoke me? I'm just not a person who needs provoking because if you're very sore, you know, you need to worry about the girlfriends and the families and that and just relax because I'm just trying to do my music and that but you know people get carried away and yeah, then yeah. they get they get away with it they get carried away but they don't understand that brother I would, I, I'm about to come into some serious money and go away and you know if people cross the line with me I don't care James I'll just plot on everyone and I mean it I'm doing this interview because I genuinely believe and have a bad feeling that you know I could be going back to jail for a long time right and I don't want you to answer nothing to this question not in a disrespectful way James that's what I speak right I genuinely have a feeling that this is going to happen right that, um, you know, honestly, like this is going to happen. This is what I feel. Oh, something bad's going to happen. Oh, I'm going to go away for a very long time. So I wanted to do this interview to give like a good account of who I am and that I was trying to do my music and that I had no choice, basically. You know, mm -hmm. and I want to know that I'm the truth. And if that does happen, I'm very sorry to all my fans and people that love me and I love them, and I want them to just stay strong and carry everything on for me and keep playing my music, do you know what I mean? And just know that I had to do what I had to do, that's it, basically, you know what I mean? Do you feel as if you're constantly battling? Yeah. Between good and evil? Yeah, bro. Why do you think that is? Because of the life that you lived from such a young age, the torment and torture you went through, where you feel constant under pressure of trying to do the right things, but the bad things always are whispering in your ear? I don't even know, you know, bro. Serious. Don't even know. But you can't forget how far you've come. And how far you've come, you've you've raised the bar levels and levels. But if you go down that route again then everything you sing about, everything you talk about, then it's not worth this doesn't mean anything. Because you're you're trying to change the game, you're trying to show kids from the street of Salford what can be done with vision and belief. Mm. Everything's hearsay, it's noise. Everything's mm. noise, everything's noise. People want to try and test you. Because no. people test the ones who are winning. Anybody that's nobody would ever test you who's doing better than you in life. Yeah, people are talking that people can talk, you know what I mean? I don't mean no YouTubers or no fools, they're a lot of fools, man. And and God help everyone, it, it, it's an industry. I mean people like who know me and people who have been friends with me. Like 
Do you know what I mean? Some things, yeah, it's all good to see people test you let it go, but some things will keep you up at night, James, you know what I mean? And some things are worth a 30, bro. People say nothing ain't worth it. Some things are worth it, bro. People affect your family, affect you, affect your girlfriend. Sometimes, brother, there comes a time in life, right, if there ever is a time to risk your life, sometimes you have to really do it. Otherwise, you're going to live with that. And I ain't living with somebody. I would rather sit in Franklin with 35 up my ass knowing that that little thing I played on my mind. And... I also fight the battle of seeing so many lifers go through that and know it's not worth it. But sometimes, bro, it's uncontrollable and I have to take myself on holiday, do you know what I mean? And go and live and do things and live because I genuinely, brother, just think, no, I could just one night go somewhere, get something, go out and uh, put Rome out to shame, bro. Trust me, that's like what time is and that's not me like, I ain't got fucking no one to prove to nothing, bro. I've made my own career. I've got my own bank balance of fucking a happy, nice amount. My mum's nice, I get her anything, send her around the world. I support my friends. I've got everything that I need. I don't want for nothing. I'm here just to be honest. That, you know what I mean, bro? I, I just know, bro. I just know in the next year or two, there's no way that it's, it's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? And, and I want people to like, they don't understand, bro. Because I just want to go have a little good life, but at the same time, it's hard to let some things go on. I just think, all right, let me get these millions, yeah. let me just do my tour, yeah. let me just do my thing, yeah. let's see in it. Let's like, well, let's see what's happening, man. But everyone that... just keeps talking in it, see, man, it's all good, man. I just grow that patience, James, you know, she wants to do my mum proud and that. I've always put my mum through a lot of shit, James, right? I never really cared about it. I've came out of jail and... I'd be like, Mum, come here, take me here, do this. I've my mum moving guns. I've had my mum fucking moving drugs and dragging her out of bed at three in the morning. Mum, you come in here, go there. I'd have my auntie Jill fucking love you, Jill, man. I swear I don't. My mum and Jill going here, going there. I'm fucking, you wouldn't believe the shit I've had them doing. This is why I speak about my mum a lot now because, you know, I have put her through a lot of shit. Don't think I've been no angel, mate. It's because I speak about my mum and I speak about my mum because I always speak about her, bro. I've had her evicted from every house. I've had her put in the newspaper and shamed publicly. I've had a fucking... I've caused a fucking world. I've made jails every week. Come here, bring me weed, bring me weed. Made She's brought me fucking parcels and every visit. You know what I mean, bro? Put her through shit, bro. Do you know what I mean? So this time she just promised me, asked me to just, to, just to do it, just to stay out and just to do it proud. Do you know what I mean? So obviously I did. That's the hard thing then, you talking about the madness as well. You put her through that misery for the rest of her life. She's proud of you for everything you're achieving. Like as we spoke earlier, I just retired my mum. The shit that she's been through, losing two brothers to murder her husband to uh, leukemia. I was a fuck up armed response through the yeah. door every other fucking month. Getting two husbands read out to me within a year and the pressure that you give your mum. So if any, that's the only thing to stay focused and to try and go, okay, I need to do it for the other people. But it's fucking hard when you've got that devil inside you. You've been through that life. You've lived the torture. You've lived the pain. You've caused misery and torment. Like you say, you're no fucking angel. You've caused misery all around fucking Salford. Do you know what I mean? But part of you is trying to change and, and show the good life. But it's just like people try and drag you back in. The devil will yeah. always test you when you're yeah. trying to and do And no good. stranger can do that to me. No one, no person giving an opinion on my music, giving an opinion on me. Unless someone's coming to my area, my town, to me, people know what time it is. Anyone who's talking on the internet, you're a fucking little donut. They do that to put a bubble around. Have you ever seen the Simpsons movie 
when they put the globe around them, this is what I call grasses, right? They go and speak publicly, so they put a globe around them. So this globe is then the, the police, the public. They want everyone to know everything. You know, in my life and our circle, no one will ever respect them kind of people. There's only one circle in this world, right, of criminals, and I don't care, you, you know yourself very well. It's a very small circle of people from all different cities, and everyone knows who, who the lads are, right? These fucking fools are not the lads. These are little wannabes, right, bro? They could never test me or stress me. Oh, look like they got one up on me. Oh, yeah, sweet. These are little fools, bro. I'm my city every single day. I'm around every day. Where's anyone? It's the people closest to me that do it, James. I always get urged sometimes to go whack my own family, bro. And I'm trying to explain to him, like, stop. Do you know what I mean? Like, seriously. Do you know what I mean, bro? Because, you know, I have one wrong night and go somewhere. And that's what's happening, bro. And it's not about, no, trying to get a good little scene on a podcast or trying to sound cinematic. This is being the truth. I'm telling them, get urges to come and fucking whack you. Stop it. Like, I'm just doing my music, chilling. Stop trying to text me. Stop trying to ring me about shit. Don't, don't stress you, my mum out. It's not a good thing to do. Because I will kamikaze myself, bro. Like, I don't care. I don't care about image. I'm happy that I made my dad proud. I've had a few good songs. My mixtape charted. I've done my last tour, UK tour, independently. Um, I've done a series of Amazon, done some acting and that. Took my mum to a red carpet. That's enough for me, bro. I'm here to fucking keep having accolade, 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 accolade. I've been missed out in 10 years. I want to find a nice woman and have a baby and that. That's my plan. I'm not going to be here like 40 making rap songs. They're not going to see me in two years on all these things. This is my last little run. And to be honest, I don't have much plan with life after that. So like, I've achieved what I wanted to achieve. And I've had to bottle up and hold back on a lot of things in my life. And the, these things is like stressing me out a lot. And it's making me like drink and things like that. And, you know, I'm never ever going to forget them about all oh, forgiveness and that. Forgiveness is very good, you know. But like forgiveness is, is for people like, you know, who really want to move on and change their life. I'll be honest, bro. I do want to change my life, right? But I'm not walking away from everything. I am who I am. I'm going to be who I'm going to be. I'm going to walk away and change and I'm going to be a victim and a target. That ain't going to happen. That's what I give people, like, the big wake-up call. Like, brother, I'm more, like, powerful than I have ever been. I'm not that I'm trying to act hard. I'm saying this as being the truth. More powerful, more ready, more connected, and more dangerous than ever. And I'm more manipulative and I'm plotting. And I will plot on every single person who has pissed me off. I ain't forgot about no one. And I ain't going to forget about no one. Nobody, bro. No one little thing. It's not happening. So if you think I've not responded or done anything, God help you, man. God bless you and your people. Because, honestly, when I have some free time, brother, then then I want to address these problems and, and we'll see like what's happening. You know what I mean? Man, I don't give a fuck if they play this wherever or people say, oh, it's bangers. Yeah, it might be bangers. I live a life of bangers. I've spent 11 years in jail. I've had wars all around the city. Hello. Yeah. And then they go, oh, your music, that's hot. You could go jail. You just don't live the life. I live these fans. I love my fans who relate to me. But the civilians and these people, nothing against them. You haven't got a clue. You're talking about something you don't know. Like I've said in another interview, it's like me talking opera. He haven't got a fucking clue, mate. All you know is about gangster films and Top Boy and that. I lived the real, bro, and lived the real my whole life since I came out of my mother's womb. And then to even reach this potential, bro, is unreal for me. And that's enough for me. I'm happy, bro. I'm happy, bro. Soon I'm going to disappear off the map and be gone. Do you know what I mean? And that's my time to live. That's my time to to get my my to get the things that I really want, James. You know what I mean? And just become a ghost. Boom. Do you ever feel good enough? Nah. Never, man. Can we have a little sig, James? Yeah, of course you can. Obviously, we took a wee break there, mate. I can see you getting passionate, angry. Yeah. Just everything all in one. Is that 
is it just come to the surface where you get all your emotion and speaking about it, that it bring back everything? Done all, well, probably. Do you know what I mean? I said, I keep saying, done all, keep saying that, but, but I don't know, man, that's hard. It's again, but I think people understand the you relate. Yeah, obviously, I'm fighting it to do the talking, but also I'm trying to become a mature man and it's time to get all of this out, get all this fucking out of the way, all this trauma and all this shit. And move on. I probably, well, I'm 29. I've probably got a year left in this music, a year and a half, right? It's time to mature and use my platform to help people. Because when I get to 30, 31, I'm going to regret not helping people when I don't have this child, this immature mind frame, what I've got now. I know I'm in the transition of change. I you know, imagine when I meet a good woman one day, right? And I actually do want to have kids and things like that, yeah? And she's going to look back at all this bullshit I said. I'd rather go in here now and say every last thing, whether it's good, whether it's bad, it is what it is, bro. I'm not searching for nothing. I don't need liking off nobody. I go anywhere to any city and be myself. Don't go with no ego and no pride. I'm also prepared for anything that's going to happen. I don't travel around like a fool, bro. I'm prepared. No one ain't going to do something to me without retaliation. I'm ready, bro. Right, always. But I go to these places and I risk my life because it's time to see, am I this person I claim to be? So I go these places and try and build this career so I can look back on it and be proud of it. But then looking back without helping anyone, what does that mean? Nothing. I need to help some people, bro. It's in my nature to help people. But you're on the right path to do so, and I'm going to be straight with you. <laughs> Anger and violence is a weakness, bro. That doesn't make you a tough man. Every gangster I've interviewed is not because they're game. It's because they're fragile. It's because they're broken. It's because they've had so much pain in their life. They don't want to feel pain anymore, so they deflect it onto other people. And you've got too much greatness in you to make changes and do the right thing in life. But I can see it's like a contradiction. You want the family, you want the good life, but then again, you want to go on a fucking killing spree because it's a self-sabotage. You don't ask the question, that's why I asked. Do you feel good enough? Do you ever feel good enough? He says no. Never feel good enough. And after, bro, if I could like be a kid and see what I've done now, I'd be amazed at myself, right? But genuinely living in it, you don't. Like I go anywhere, fucking hell, people be coming up to me, photos. And like I can never feel happy because I feel bad for the people I'm with. I don't like to go places and get attention because people will be out with their girlfriend just having a nice time, having a little drink. You've got someone like me coming in and everyone's fussing around over me and that. And I can see these people getting uncomfortable, but to be honest, James, if I was out with my woman, yeah, and some guy come in and he's a rapper and everyone's wanting photos of him, and I wouldn't really like it. I don't like the attention, do you know what I mean? But I have to say that I'm bored and I'm not going to let down these people who are approaching me for pictures and that. But it's a constant battle of like, just I just want to blend in, brother. I just want respect for being me. I just want people to know, look, I'm not here to take no one's bird. I'm not here to take no one's pride. Brother, you do use, I'm just on a path to do music. I know people forget this. They're like, Jordan McCann, jail, Jordan McCann this. No, brother, Jordan McCann just wants to do music. Jordan McCann loves music. You're forgetting that this is my job. My job is not to be an Instagram fool. My job is not to be a guy doing this. I make music, powerful music that touches souls, penetrates the most ice-cold hearts of men, of killers, robbers, every kind of soul and makes people cry. I know my skill, James. Even if I be humble, don't think, sorry, I'm going to light another cigarette. It's yeah. bad for it. It's what it is. I need a cigarette. So, um, yeah, I know like, my job with music, right? And I know that people who understand music and who have really been through this life, they know my music's real and they know where it comes from. A lot of people in this generation might not be like, why is this guy shouting and being mad? They probably won't understand, but I'll always know that the real will understand and I would sacrifice and be the sacrificial lamb to look like a dick. And everyone think I'm a dick. Yeah, man, I'm a dick, yeah. Sweet. People who really know, know where it's coming from what i'm saying every single one of my lyrics i've written is heartfelt 
that have gone over for hours and hours. I'll just write a song. I've only released 20 songs in my life, James, right? In my life. Think about that four years, one project. I only make music that relates to me at the time and is real. And like that song before the Drake song where the guy says, all this other shit, I'll be here today and gone tomorrow, only real music's going to last. Amen to that. My music's going to last forever. In a hundred years, they're going to play my songs and they're going to remember me. So I don't need like no gratification of no one. There's like, I know a lot of people live to impress people. They want to impress labels, rappers. I'm so grateful because all my life I lived to impress my brothers, impress my area, impress other robbers. I wanted to be that guy, man. I wanted to fit in. I wanted, yeah, I've done stop them. I'm fucking shot this. I've done this. Whereas now, like, I don't feel nothing to no one. Like, the only thing that this music has given me is peace. Like, yeah, Jordan, you was right, man. You are a good person. Like, I don't go anywhere and look up to no one. No one can't come in this room and be higher than me. Not that I'm better than them, not a tougher, but like, I'm a human, you're a human, you're not above me. No one ain't coming in here who's going to get my res I treat a homeless person and I would treat a millionaire the same, bro. Like, no one ain't coming in here and changing for nobody. I'm so comfortable in my skin that this makes other people feel uncomfortable, especially about rappers, you know. And I'm not putting down anyone who wears jewellery or anything. This is not being a hater, but a lot of people will spend half a million pounds. They'll get jewellery, they'll get the cars. And, you know, they'll come in a room with me and I own that room. And they can't understand that. But you know what it is? That's just being me and myself. I used to feel bad for them. I don't want to own the room. But my confidence in that is me. Like, I've been through too many scenarios, seen people killed, seen people this. I know how cheap life is, brother, and I appreciate life. These other people are trying to impress women and this girl over there, bro, they're trying to impress that label. Whereas me, I'm not trying to impress nobody, bro. Yeah. And ain't nobody you can come and be over me. Like, this is a thing that my mother's so proud of. She says, son, I'm proud that you're you. And my mother knows I don't fear nobody or want anything from nobody. I'm myself. But that, James, as you know, people don't like that. Everyone in the industry wants you to need them. Oh, I can introduce you to him and I can put you on radio. I'm going to fucking want the radio. Oh, come to this event. I can get you this and get you a song with him. I don't want a song with him. You just, people are, people are coming with their opportunities, what they think makes them. And I'm like, nah, mate. And no one ain't taking me nowhere. I'm going to go on my pace and I know where life takes me. And people are just not ready for that this day and age. Everyone wants that fast money, fast sex, fast, 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 fast. But where are they going? Why was there so much violence in this whole area with your family and other people? What was the, is it, can we touch on the catalyst or what was it? Was it family feuds or was it just people trying to get fucking work? Or how, how was there so much shootings and violence and prisons and all the badness in that bubble? It's just in the culture, James, man. It's in the culture, man. Got to remember that Salford's a small place. Isn't it? Like, old mad bastards in Salford. They've yeah. had a couple of Salford guys on proper old school. You have Paul Doyle on. Mad bastard. Paul proper. Doyle is my brother. He's Big up. Yeah. Do you know how much Jaylee's done with me? Yeah, he's a legend, Paul. They got Paul Doyle. Listen, he was on the um, absolute Salford legend. Yeah. From day one, Big Up One Point Doyle, like absolute legend, my brother. Maximum respect to you, Paul, if you watch this. And we actually spent a year together in Garth. Have you ever heard of HMP no. Garth? Really rough. Probably the roughest prison in the UK, to be honest. The most dangerous prison. And you have to have 15 years to go there. 15 to 20 years. I got sent there at 21 with six years. They sent me there because I was ruthless in catsies. Been done for like, you know what I mean? Five, six slashings, fucking hot water screws, all, all, anything you can think of, right? So I got sent there. So uh, in Garth, it's like on the wing, three, three layers of a wing. Then on each layer, there's three legs on um, one ear, one ear, one ear. So each leg has 12 cells. So... You'll go there and there'll be like a manx spur. 
Scout Spur, London Spur. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Paul's come on. And obviously, I've already heard of Paul. I've already met him in Strange Ways once in the gym. And he's like a legend to me. He's training. He's 60 years old. He's training like a beast. And I said, Paul Doyle. He said, yeah. I said, brother, very lovely to meet him. I'm Jordan McCann. He said, yeah, yeah, no problem. Just, just a little high and by. And then he comes to Garth. So like I was on it, he's there. So I'm getting him in Garth. Like this is how rough it is. You like get there and prisoners on the wing will make you buy your furniture. So you can't like, you don't just get a bed and you get a cupboard. You go in a cell with nothing. And then people come to your door like, do you want a cupboard? But this is what the prisons provided for that cell. You know what I mean? But so when Paul come, we got in his pad, made sure, put all his cupboards in. Like he's a legend amongst all of us, you know? So he's come on the wing. And um, we got him on our spur, got him in eat, and my cell's here, Talbot's is here, Paul's facing. So on our spur, every spur has a door. And like most, when thing, most days, your door's locked. So you're just with your lads on your spur. Basically, as like as wide as here to that couch, that's that cell, this is that cell. Then it's like an open area, very small. But we lived in such close quarters together. And like, Paul, man, I love you, man, for all his stories. Every day he does this a lot. I don't know if you've ever seen him do this. He'd have his hot water, he sips hot water all day. He's never touched a fag or a drug in his life. Trays like an ox, yeah. He'd come out every day and go, Hi, Jordan, let me tell you about this, right? And do this, yeah? <laughs> right, so what happened is, yeah, because he had a lot of troubles, and he'd tell us all these stories and the, from back in the day and the beefs and the, the doors and the haciendas. And oh, I just love that man, you know, bro. Yeah, he's a pro. And man. then um, I was on the wing with him, and then obviously a lot of madness has happened. The screws was trying to terrorise me very bad, and then something's happened to an officer, and they believe that I orchestrated it. So they came in on me with the flashbangs. Paul will tell you about that. 16 officers in riot gear. Popped my door, flashbanged me, beat me to a pulp. Dragged me out, put me on the bus, took me to Preston Block, where they knew my dad had killed himself. So I'm going back there for a second time. Imagine the trauma. I've already been there and gone. I'm saying, you can't take me back to that prison. Drove me straight in, straight through the gate. Straight to the block, dragged me out, cuffed up. Threw me in the cell, didn't speak to me for 48 hours, no water, no nothing. So 48 hours, nothing. Um, they also put a plastic, um, so you have your cell door, right? But if you're shouting and spitting at your door, they come with this, like, it's on wheels and it's like three-sided plastic door. So they bring this to your door and they stick it to your door. So you can't even shout out to your friends because it's blocked. So I couldn't even send a line at night time to get a burn off the lads, because you know, like a line. Like, say you're in jail, you've got a gap in your door like that. So you'll get your ID card or you'll get a few envelopes, stick paper in it, glue the envelope, tie your bed sheet round, and you slide out onto the landing. And then someone else will slide their line out. Then you connect lines. So then we can share stuff all night. And then getting people to stamp on digestives and send me all biscuits and mad shit like this, yeah. But they done that so like 48 hours i literally starved but i knew that i wasn't going to get water or nothing so i was saving my breath you know, everyone shouted me at the window jordan jordan but i knew i needed to save me energy you know what i mean so i soldiered it for two days then the governor come and said right jordan we're going to give you a weak goed this called good order and discipline of the prison and this is like because to justify putting you in solitary confinement, you have to give you CC, which is sell your confinement. You have to get that through a punishment of a nicking. But if you've not had a nicking and not had a charge, what has breached the prison rules, they then put you on something called GOAD, which is good order and discipline. This is basically like you're a threat to the jail. But it's like a, a mechanism they can use for anything. 
they can come to you, James, on the wing and go, we think you're doing something. You're going on GOED. So it's called for the good order and discipline of the whole jail, the, the staff are at risk for putting you in there. They said, we're going to give you a week GOED and we're going to put you on C-Wing. All right, my dad died on A-Wing, God rest his soul, yeah. So I said, all right, sweet, no problem. So yeah, ended up doing a week um, in the seg down there. But the Preston seg so so like fucked up, James, because like, imagine a ground floor, right? So you're on a ground floor and I'm, the seg is two floors down in the basement. So when you're looking out your prison window, all you see is the piping of the wall. You're physically underground, so you've got that feeling, the dampness, the... It's a hellhole. Rats just running past your door every night, yeah. So, yeah, basically, it wasn't so bad. I'd done a week there, went to Sea Wing, got a job and all that. It was nice to me. Got padded up with my mate on there. Fucking, I think nice, man. Was doing all right on there. Then, obviously, ran into a few problems. A few people from the area came there. Got put on my wing. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Some some kids ended up catching 25 stitches right down his boat. Um, I've been blamed for that. Then been put back in the seg and got tornadoed at... I got put back in the seg at 11 o'clock, got tornadoed at 6 in the morning by seven scouts officers, beat, punched up again, whatever. Boom, 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 straight in, shields on top of me in the bed, pounding me. I'm saying, I'm not resisting, I'm not resisting. Like, I walk, do you know what I mean? I walk, I want to leave this jail. I, I want to go. I walk, and they're punching me up to foot, broke my nose, all that, whatever. Uh, took me to Walton, uh, which is cockroach city. I don't know if you've ever heard about HMP yeah, yeah, Liverpool, yeah. Walton. I was one rough-ass jail. I was in there for two years. Um, what was it like being in the same cell your father died in? It wasn't the same cell. I don't know who it was, but it was the same wing. Was that, did it ever occur that you could have possibly died in prison as well? Ah, yeah, but, you know, James, I didn't give a fuck, James, you know. Prison wasn't like, that wasn't a problem. Like, I was fucking, they knew I'm on gold, you know what I mean? It wasn't, they can never, ever come to me and threaten me or go to the block. A lot of prisoners on the wing, right, they'll come, oh, you're going to lose your teller. Oh, no, mister, don't want to lose my teller. You're going to lose your gym. Oh, please. Oh, I'll shut up. They threaten me with anything. I'd smash my TV. You're not going to get your visits. I'd rip my VOs up. Take, you can't take something from me. I'm saying I'm already here. What are you going to do? Put me in the seg suite. I'll go and read books and wank all day. What are you going to do? I used to let them know, like, what are you going to do? The biggest punishment you can do is solitary confinement. I've read four or five years of it. I'm not trying to test you, but don't use look from little fucking knobhead who's been packing boxes in B&M bargains, right? No offence to anyone in B&M, but you're going to come jail and start trying to manipulate to me that if I don't get back to my pad in 10 minutes, you're going to take my teller. I go in my fucking pad, put my hand straight from my teller and say, take it. Don't give me something to, to use it as a... What they do in prison is, James, you'll go in, they'll go, there's a teller. There's a radio. As soon as you do one thing wrong, we're taking and selling the radio. So I'd go in there and say, take everything. I'm not starting this relationship being manipulated because this is just, you just use, you just, you just controlling me. You know, take my TV, fucking take my TV. But you meeting staff who have never met you, never read your file on a daily basis, new staff. So James, I'm having them battles constantly. So anyway, the kid's been done. Bang, I've been tornado to Walton. And then, yeah, bro, it was just the same continuous shit for every jail. For what me. was your biggest sentence? Yeah, uh, six and a half years, but it ended up turning into just under eight years because I got three extra sentences while I was in. I got done for Section 47 for uh, hot water in an officer in uh, HMP Strangeways. What's the worst prison you've been in? 
I got asked this a lot, you know, I don't know. I've said Garth, but to be honest, the worst conditions was Armley. Because in HMP Armley, which is HMP Leeds, I'd had a mad fight on the wing. I've been on the wing about two days, had a big brawl, some Manchester kids was fighting. I just, I just backed it like I always do for no reason. Ended up coming out myself. They've ended up unlocking me at dinner and unlocking these guys. So now there's 15 fucking socks going off my head, poles, tins of beans. I'm lumped up like you've never seen, yeah? I couldn't even like see straight. Um, and the screw's trying to push me in my pads, yeah? But I, bro, I know that he's going to push me in here. They're all coming in with him. So I'm trying to stay out on the landing. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't want him in this little cell. And he's a little skinny fool. So I've ended up just smacking the screw. Got them for section 39 assault. Got took to Leeds Court and all that. Then they're getting through out with no evidence and all that. So it was, I was quite happy about that. <laughs> but yeah, so in HMP Leeds, in Armour, they have a seg, just like any other seg, it's a segregation unit. In every single prison, they have a segregation unit. I don't even know what that is. It's like, if you're fucking around, you get sent yeah, seg. Well, if, you, if you're really yeah, dangerous, yeah. you go seg, right? Only 10 to 12 cells in the majority of segs I've ever been in. And um, so I'm sorry, James. But in Armour, they built a room at the bottom and it's called the box. So they built this, especially, it's in Charles Bronson's box. They built it for Charlie. But James, this is fucking... Let me explain this to you. Sorry. All right, this, yeah. So, imagine. Here's all the cells. Here's all the cells. There's a little bit to walk down. Now, there's a cell on the very end, on the right. Anyone who's been in HMP Leeds or Faustus, there's a cell on the very end. But it's like a massive door. And you come through that and you go through another door. Inside the cell, there is no bed. There is nothing... It's all white, it's this wide, it's hand-whipped and just a piece of concrete. You have to wear a nappy. So they detain you down, put you in there and they put you in a velcro nappy that you can't get off. It's knotted about 15 times. Put it under your, over your, so you're in a velcro nappy now, but James, you can't move while it's scratching you. So you can't even have a wank, can't have a piss, can't have a shit. It's that tight, James, on your groin, but you're just like that. <laughs> so like, just to have some peace you're just like this <laughs> because as soon as you stand up like that it's like you've got to be on your tiptoes because it's mm -hmm. eating your skin so this is called the box they have to get permission off the system to put somebody in there so you get a 24 hour review if you don't get that you stay in there for 72 hours which is 3 days so I've gone in the morning you go to a review to take you out cuffed up you have to walk to the governor's office the governor's there, the PO's here, SO here, watching in Jordan, Michael McCann, A double one double seven AJ. Right, Jordan, why do you believe you should be taken out of the box? I'm saying, listen, I've had no nothing against staff. I've never wanted to do anything to no staff here. <laughs> if you watch the CCTV, I'm being attacked by 10 to 12 prisoners. Um, I'm just fighting for my life. He's saying, you've hit a member of the staff with a tin of raviola straight in the face. And obviously, you know, the staff members fucking milked it because he wants to get off. He's like, I'm going to keep you in there for another two days. I'm saying, I cannot go back in there. I'm saying, just take me out of the jail. Just send me anywhere. I'm saying, I'll go anywhere. I won't refuse. I won't cause no harm. Please. <laughs> no, you've got to go back in there. And that, James, there's the only memory that sticks with me. So I had to go back there and I sat in there for another three days, bro. And it was just torture, bro, because you can't hear anything or speak to no one and you're not allowed no books or nothing. And Jack will tell you, bro, like, I'm obsessed with books, you know what I mean? So 
even go in my bedroom now and you'll see my books, you know what I mean? Book reading to me it just takes me away from everything, like the internet and the weird, like consuming all this information and these reels and all this weird world where everyone's confined in. It just takes me out of it. So, what books? Any kind of books. Any kind of books. I don't really read true crime and that really, to be honest, anymore. I've read a lot of books of people who've been on your podcast, but I'm done with like the true crime. To be honest, I'm a bit of a geek now. You wouldn't believe it if you read that book in there. It's about space and the next the next war that's going to come over it being the space and the satellites and... UFOs and... Yeah, no, yeah, no, UFOs. I'm not asked about that. I'm more asked about what level um, we're going to go to when everything's going to bits and... I wanted to know, like, who owns space? Who has the right to space? Are the people to apply for satellites? Who owns what bit of space? Who owns... Mm-hmm. I've always been very intrigued by that. Do you know what I mean? Because everyone, no one seems to speak about it. Mm-hmm. What's the worst thing you've seen in prison? Probably people hanging. Suicide? Yeah, major. Have you ever been suicide of yourself? Oh, I'm just... I've seen people swinging, bro. With their necks as long as fucking this long. I mean... I've seen a guy swinging in a cell with his little brother trying to cut him down. I've seen fucking... I mean, I'm firing the booth when I say, uh, I went to this guy's flap, so I've gone to the flap and his brother's like, two ginger kids it was, and he's shaking and his brother's just hanging, man. So I say, have you ever... A flap is, you know, on a a jail door. Screw opens up. Yeah, 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 he goes to the flap, so I've gone to the flap. I was looking for Rizzler. So I say, um, you ever look through a flap Seen a man hung from sheets, all because he was hooked in sheets. I've seen people die on the landing and screws just covered in with sheets. Because sheets is spice paper. So I'm saying, you ever look through a flap, seen a man hung from his bed sheets just because he was hooked on sheets? I see, and then the screws on the landing that's covered in with a silver sheet. Do you know what I mean? So that's like a triple metaphor. You got, you, know, you need, need to take in my writing skills as well. <laughs> but God bless that guy, yeah. And um, yeah, my multiple things like that. Do you know what I mean? Multiple people cutting up, cutting the throats, fucking hell, bro, biting the fingers off, biting the fucking tops of the fingers off, all this kind of shit. Do you know what I mean? So how did you get involved in music then? From a kid who's been through life, the ups and downs, the struggles, the pain, the torment, the torture, the bullying, the constant battle in here. How do you then? get involved in music how did you was that just something that happened overnight or was it always a dream from a young kid to be involved in rap or James when did that come honestly man this is something that I want to speak about but when I'm being honest like I genuinely don't know James and that's not me like lying just went to the music course in Nottingham Jail and started rapping I don't fucking know you've got what were you like at the start because I watched um, what was that I watched NWA fucking what was that films straight out of Compton I love that. Uh, easy, he's, his first time in the booth and it was D- fucking This was me first shame, time. Man. John, I can't, don't give a fuck. Now I'm going what the hell with a job. The whole music class used to be like, he's off his fucking nut. Yeah, but there was shit scared, you And then we'd be like, Jordan, you can't shout. She was a Birmingham. Jordan, you can't be shouting on all the people in the class next door. I'd be like, right. John, if I can't make you a piece of this crap, whatever. Everyone used to go, stop shouting, but I couldn't because it's my passion, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, man. I know it's it's hard to explain, but I want to explain it because we're here. This is what we're here for. It's a James English podcast. So I'm going to take my time and think about this, right? So, before music, James, please remember this, right? I've been in crime all my life. I'm Jordan. I'm this little fucking mad nutcase. I've never had no social media. Even if my mate had an iPhone, it was BBs back then. Me and Kane would never have that. You was like a snitch to us if you had like... If you took pictures, do you know, I got to understand I grew up around robbers and criminals my whole life. 
a police investigations on my own family, on everyone around us, on me. Now, we don't do things like that. So for me then to become a guy who's talking about everything we've really done and people are sat doing 20, 30 years over things I'm talking about, no, a lot of people are like, rah. Well, I'm like, what? I did this with you. I've lived my life. What do you want to do? Not speak about it. Like, it has to be someone to make the change. It has to be me. Otherwise, the next kids who are looking up to me are just going to want to be like my old self around there. And they're going to go and throw away their lives and ruin their family's lives because it's your family who has to deal with it. We go jail. We're happy with a phone. Couple of slags on the phone. Let's just be real. I'm going to be real here. Couple of birds digging out, getting a few parcels, going gym. No, jail's not bad when you're there, James, because you're there. As you know yourself, you've been you've been behind the door. Um, once you're there, you're there, but your mum's really still outside looking for money. Really, you're asking her for money. She's trying to get to your visits. £30 taxes, £20 on the visit. You want a new trainers every month. You want a top up for your phone. You ring your mum, you ring your sisters. They're spending their last tenors and sways. I'm living in jail with my meals cooked and £15. It took me a long time to realise what my family had to go through. They still have to see the people I've got trouble with outside. They still have to go to the local precinct, the local ASLO. They still have to deal with our problems. It's what a lot of street guys forget. It's why I've not done a lot of things I wanted to do because it's not fair to put my mother and that through arm police coming through the door again. Social services coming to try to take my nieces and nephews. I'm not going to do that to my family, you know, until I can like move my family and they can live a good life, you know what I mean? Who has Kane for people who don't know? Kane is my best friend, Kane Morrison. He's been my best friend since we've come out of our mother's wounds. Since one years old, lived on the same street and been best friends, nurse for reception, everything. Why is it the people who you were involved with back in the day, friends, you're still friends with now? Does that show you the loyalty of you and still having the same people? Because the people who I grew up with, man, there's, there's one there, two, two actually. It's only Kane, really, now, about to be honest. Me and them, do you know what I mean? No, also with Kane, you have to remember a lot of people, a lot of my friends, right? And shout out to everyone I have been in jail with and done things with in my life and don't ever think that I forgot about anyone. But just like you have gone on with your life, I've gone on with my life, and I don't never ask you for nothing. So don't say that I've changed because I've never asked any of you for anything in my life, yeah? And I wish you all the best. But you have to remember all of you people. that Kane doesn't have anybody else. His dad's gone away. Rest in peace, Terry Morrison, absolute legend. God bless you, Terry, man. And, um, you know, a lot of me and my friends will have birds, kids, family. Kane's not got no one, bro. It's me and Kane. Like, people are always like, why is always free, Kane? Why not say me? Why not? This is from like 20, 30 different friends. Fell out with them over it. But I went, when we did this, I was there with you and this. But I'm like, yeah, but mate, you wasn't all. You was there because you caused the problem, you know, with Kane. This has been my very good friend my whole life. And he never got to experience one bit of this with me. Do you know what I mean? So, and he ain't got nobody else. Kane's got me. I've got Kane. Kane's got his mum and his granddad. Yeah, and his mum's a soldier, Fran, big up, granddad, big Al, absolute soldier. And then there's me. Kane don't have nobody else. He's been behind the door for eight years, but I'm not had a visit off nobody, not sent pictures off nobody. So no one don't fucking ask me why I say free Kane all the time when all you other little pricks, yeah, I've got people and got everything else. Because I'll say free Kane in my last breath on my album, I say, uh, anytime I asked Kane to go, he never said no. Like, it's a different kind of loyalty, do you know what I mean, James? I'd die for him, he'd die for me. I love him, mate. Unconditionally, bro. How long's he doing? Uh, 20 years, bro. When's he out? Two and a half. He's out in two and a half? Yeah, he's been in for seven and a half. Uh -huh. 
So after that, then you start writing songs. What was the first song you'd ever written? Last Star. Can you remember it? Yeah, Ken's at the start of it. What was that feeling? I promised him if you listen to it, I said to him, I'm going to do this for us. Ken always loved rap. I didn't. I grew up in pubs, so I knew like Motown. I'd be out on Friday nights putting on the Supremes, baby love. And <laughs> I was like, what's this? I'm putting on Temptations, yeah. you know. Yeah, Fucking Papa TV was a Tina Rolling Stone. Yeah. Wherever yeah. he laid his hat was his home. And people's like, even to now, going bars and playing them kind of songs and like, it was just what I was inspired by, do you know what I mean? But Kane had always like, Mozzie, my favourite rapper now. Kane and get me on Mozzie and get me on, he'd find like the little underground rappers who'd been jailing. He is his obsession, you know. It's, I'm a brother, so like, yeah, man, it's one thing, and I always used to mess about and I was drunk and spit to him, and he, you know, and he said to me, like, one thing you can do for me, Jordan, do music, man. And I was like, I can't, bro, I can't. Like, it's the only thing I can't do. He's like, do it, you can do it, do it for me, bro. I've lost my life, I'm gone. That's my best friend my whole life. I've done every last thing with through all school, through all everything. We spent every single day together, bro, since we was one years old. Every single day. Every day, never apart for a day, brother. No holidays, no nothing. We were together, you know what I mean? So I know he's gone for 20 years. Imagine how I was feeling, James. Then my brother gets 17 years. My other mate gets 16 years. Rye get, Rye Matt gets 19 years. I'm just out like, pfft. Their trial, 100 and odd years. Trial two months later, 100 and odd years. I'm coming out, bro. I'm fucking 30 people down on my team, gone, bro. But you know, if they were still here, you wouldn't be rapping. I've been doing 35 years right you know now, I mean? so 50 these, years. These are the cards you're dealt. You're clearly here for a reason. Do you understand that as well? Because the self-doubt, the self-sabotage, the constant, you want to leave your mum a legacy and do the right thing and have a family, but then the other side, you want to get a newsie and just fucking blast every cunt. Like, do you see? <laughs> but do you see that your, your cards are here for a reason where you're clearly here for a reason? Sat with that Uzi on the last few weekends. <laughs> <Chat>. <laughs> but see, see when you were you scared? Were you scared to be a rapper? Was there fear there? Because yeah. of what other people massively because it wasn't even that. It's just like who we are, where I'm from, and I and I don't want that to change. I respect all for people so much, even people who hate on me from many of our areas. No, God bless them. I know some people will never leave that city, never leave that mentality. But, you know, one day, I think people will understand and be like, yeah, man, you made that out. I understand, brother, people ain't going to like me and give me flowers. I don't need that. I understand humans. Nobody likes to see someone do well, no one like this. I used to be like that, bro, so I understand. I don't want no credit. I just want credit. People, I like the music, I like you. You don't like me, there's no problem. I understand that people have their own demons and I've been blessed by God to be lucky enough to be given this opportunity, bro. I'm not going to rub that in nobody's face, bro. If I wanted to stunt on people, you know, I'll be sat here now. I'm sat here now with a nice little kettle on, but that's my mate's jacks, you know what I mean? I just got this because you had a nice watch on. So I asked him to let me wear his watch, yeah? <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be sat here with the biggest fucking chain, the biggest everything, and be like, I'm the fucking best, I'm this. I ain't got no ego or pride. I believe one day when I go to heaven, I'm going to have to answer for every last thing that I ever did, right? So in the last few years, I would never feel like that. I'd be like, I don't care, God's not real, and God bless me for ever saying that. Sorry to God as well. But now, like, because I've actually been took over by the Holy Spirit massively, and he's in my veins, he's here now with me, he's in this room right now. They're like, brother, I can I be mad at people who I know have not got that kind of love and who have not felt that kind of love? How could I, when I've been that person, I do not judge no one for not liking me, judge no one for having any badness towards me. I know these people are wrapped up by the devil. I know these people have never felt the love of the Lord. They've never felt the love of the Holy Spirit. They don't know what it's like to be free. How could I ever 
judge anyone. I feel sorry for them, and that's not me trying to put them down or like demean them. Like you're lost, mate. You're chasing clout. You're chasing a car. You're chasing a G wagon. You're chasing some slot in Dubai, brother. I'm chasing nothing. I am chasing the gateway to heaven. That is what I am chasing. I know one day we're gonna leave here, and I will go to heaven and see my father. I'll be with my mother. I'll be with my family. And having that belief and that faith, it's too strong that I don't even like to share it because I know that some people are never going to feel it. So people that don't understand, I just go, yes, mate, yeah. I know that, come on, man, they ain't going to understand. I'm not going to be mad at them for any reason. They need an enlightenment. Until they've had an enlightenment and they've come to God, no one's going to be saved. Until you come to Jesus Christ, you're not going to be saved. I don't care what no one says. I know you're not really big on religion, James, but no disrespect, brother. Jesus Christ is real, bro, and he's the truth, and he is the love, Lord, my saviour, and he's the king of the world. He is everything, and I follow Jesus to the death through anything. I'll die over Jesus right now, this second in this room without a second thought, right? And, yeah, I ain't going to judge anyone who's never felt that kind of love. I have to be so grateful that God has chose me to be a messenger for him, and I'm a martyr for Jesus, so... Yeah, man, I've always trying to be too godly and holy and that, like, it saved my life, bro, multiple times, you know what I mean? I've tried to kill myself five, six times, just don't work, can't do it. So, God's with me, bro, and, you know, and people ain't going to understand that. They'll be like, fuck you, weird, over here, them talking about God. Yeah, man, but you're lost, brother. One day when you really believe God and put your faith in him and you pray to him and he gives you everything you've asked for and more, come and tell me that God's not real. When I prayed for this, James, come on. I prayed for this, I asked for this in a cell with nothing, with not a fucking apple, not an orange, not a bit of water, a fucking three-step cell. And I pray, God, help me with my music. I'll change my life, I'll change people's lives. Now I've connected with millions of people from fucking Europe, Spain, Italy, Scotland, England. I've connected, I've gone to their areas, I've met them, I've sat in their houses, I've sat with people who are dying. I've prayed for them, I've, brother, do you, know you know what I mean? So people are going to be like judgmental. I've, I feel sorry for them. I've traveled the world. I've met a lot of people. I've found God. I have to be very grateful, James. You know what I mean? There ain't much more that I really want, James. Did you read the Bible? I've back to front. I've read the Old Testament, the New Testament. What was that feeling for you? Beautiful. There's nothing you can ask me about the Bible now I can tell you, and that's not showing off. I genuinely like you to do that. Anything. Anything you could think of. What's the, what's the best verse on it that stands out to the you? The best verse is, if you stop at every dog that barks, you'll never reach your destination. That's my favourite verse. Because it's basically about, you don't stop at every dog that barks, because you'll never reach your destination. Now that's in terms of with me and you. People, opinions and... Even not opinions, compliment, James. Everyone who wants to give us a compliment. Sometimes, James, we need to speed people on. You know, like when you're in Glasgow and you're just getting a bit of food and everyone wants to stop you. Sometimes you need to be a bit like, sorry, I'm on my way. Because I see you, I know what you like. You lovely guy. Yeah, you, I talk to everybody. You talk and you talk. Even if I was having a country. Yeah, yeah, I feel like saying to you, James, listen, I want to send you that verse and go, listen, if you stop at every dog that barks, you won't reach your destination. You've got to be high and by, bro. You know what I'm saying? So why is that? So why did you connect with religion so much? Was that a feeling where you felt as if you had something? I don't know. I, higher as, a, out there? as I'm going to be honest, that like I only came to religion at my lowest parts, as everybody, most people do. Like sat down a block, nothing else left. Can't get no other book. Got the Bible. Paul Ferris was the same mad mm. bastard. That was the he only was the reason. Same. He'd read the Bible, and he I think he spoke about it, but he heard a voice in his cell. 
But he, because he was a nutcase anyway, everybody thought he was losing his fucking mind. Did but me. he believed it. He's, not, it. he's been out of prison 20 years did since. Me. Everybody thought that. Like, I go to church every single Sunday. I love church. I work with churches. I work with the message church in Withenshaw. Big up the mes- message. Big up uh, Nick Levansky. I can't say his second name, Nick Levansky or Levansky. Nick, yeah, absolute legend. He's an Iranian guy who became Christian and he's changed many lives. I actually met Nick. This is a sick story for this podcast. This is shit, right? So, after I released my first song in jail, Lifestyle, bang, it starts popping off whatever radio. I then release old friends. So now, the prison governor in Forest Bank comes to my cell, Jordan, I want you to start a music course in the jail. I'm in my cell on basic, no TV, no nothing. Here's the screws coming, plug my phone, rapid, no rap on it, just shoved on my ass. <laughs> bang! No spit, no loop. I've just did, because like you just did. I've got bang, plug my phone, yeah. Bang, governor comes in. When a governor comes at that time, you're getting moved out of the jail. Governor's not coming at nine o'clock at night. That's when he's had to stay to do the paperwork, to secure it, he transfer you out. You're going, so I'm my, I'm just weak now. I know what's coming. Because don't forget, when you get security transfer, James, you don't get the stuff out yourself. So it's not like you're being sent to another jail. You get to pack your stuff. You go security transfer with nothing. No letters, no numbers, no stamps, no cereal, no shower gel, no clothes. So you go to this new jail and have to wear a prison issue. So you go on the fucking new wing in an out of town jail looking like a muppet because you're in prison clothes. So everyone just thinks you're homeless. And I'm like, nah, oh, mate, it's a torture, right? He comes in, sits on my bed. Bastard, he was. I fucking hated him, mate. Bald prick, right? Nothing against any bald guy. <laughs> no, brother, sorry. Hey, fuck him, mate. No. Bald bastard, mate. No, but listen, right? He was, a ve- he, was a t- he was a tough man, but he was a prick. He'd flirt with all the women. And I-, I can see a little egotistic sweat. You know, through growing up in the pubs and that, I've seen all these pissheads and these men, like, Every little skill and every little tactic of a woman, like, I see this in them, right? So, he's coming, sat on my bed. You doing music? I'm like, yeah, I am, yeah. Don't think now I'm squeezing my asshole because I'm thinking they're going to search me in a minute. Sometimes when you've just plugged your phone, when they get you to squat, it's still Phone's coming out. Phone's nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm just leaning down, I'm sucking it up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, he's like, doing music, yeah. I went, a proper Salford guy, this guy as well, rugby player. A lot of people in Salford, there's a culture of Salford Reds, like, mm-hmm. they don't like the little criminals, though. So you'll have our part, what's criminals, but then you have the old school Salford, rugby players, hard workers, labourers, tough cunts, really. workers, scaffolders, real men, to be honest. We was the little pussies, you know, yeah, they're yeah, the yeah. real fucking Salfordians, they're the real men, they built this city with their hands, you know what I mean? Gotta show them respect, right? They don't like us because that's their local jail and we're the local kids who have been booting their fucking Mars doors off for the, for the cars and all that, right? Not proud of it, James, but it is what it is, mate, yeah. So they're like, doing music? I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's like, I want you to do a music course. I went, I'd love that. He's like, all right, whatever, take you off basic now and give you a TV. We come in the chapel in the morning and meet these, this team. I said, fucking right, I will. He's gone, right, Leanne, get him a teller. She's like, I don't know if there is any. He went, Gary, get him a telly now. She's gone off, gone off the unit, come back with a TV in an aerial. He's put my telly in, plugged it in. I'm buzzing now, my telly's on. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, Susie's gone out, me and my padmates hugging each other like, bro. Comes in the morning. I guess touch to the chapel and meets a woman called Helen. 
love you, Helen. She works at Forest Bank now. She's like semi, she's beautiful. She works with the wire wires because in Forest Bank, you have 18 to 21 year olds and then you have adults, but 18 to 21 year olds still have to be like treated a little bit like good. So they still have to do so many hours education each week by, by law. Do you know what I mean? So as you're a 21 year old, you can be left in your cell with no education, but they still have to do this. So because of the climate of the prison, the drugs, the, the violence, no one was doing anything. So they got me, took me up there, and we made our own uh, logo called the Rat Pack. Remember the Rat Pack, like Frank Sinatra yeah, and that? Yeah, yeah. The Rat Pack. We was the Rat Pack. And we had little blue T-shirts with a Rat Pack. So now I'm feeling like official. This time I met my mate Nick, who I loved to death, who introduced me to the law, then we get born again. Um... I used to think he was full of shit at first. <laughs> he's very, he's very godly man. He's been to Ghana. He's been to Nigeria. He's converted over two thousand people. He's built churches. He's spoken a thousand African prisons with rapists, murderers. He, he, he's helped people in all strange ways. Manchester, all oh, everyone in Manchester knows Nick, man. You know, Nick's my guy, bro. And I massive, massive love for this man, like genuinely. Uh, and I turned on him a lot, and I've been like, I was going through some shit on the paranoia on the coke and that. James been a bit, done a bit. You know what I mean? And you always forgive me. I love you, bro. Certain things have even happened in church, bro, and I've dropped certain things like out of my bag outside and all that, like things you wouldn't believe, like scenarios are so awkward. And I disrespected God in a big way. So anyway, he's forgiven me all the time. So anyway, they bring me to the church. We, me, Nick, and Helen create the Rat Pack, and then we get my little mate Mitch on it. Mitch, we give him free my little soldier, um, and a few other people. So now. They've given me, James, in the prison, a fucking studio three times a week in the chapel. So I've got a mic, I've got my laptop. This is where I rip most of my bars and off the fire in the booth. So then, like, I'd have to teach the class for an hour. Nick would bring us in all cookies and little fucking, little fucking um, fidget chicken meat things, all that, like. So it'd be on a Monday, on a Wednesday, yeah. And so then I'd have to teach the class. So... I'd have a whiteboard, so I'd go, right, today, but they weren't allowed to swear because there was a member of chaplaincy sat in the class because it was in the chaplaincy building. A member of chapel would have to sit in the room because outside guests from the council and everywhere would be coming in every day, you know, to see the chapel. Whenever a jail brings guests and they bring them to the chapel, go to chapel, have a brew, have a biscuit, have a chat, get them out. They don't bring them to the mains where it's going off. So um, they weren't allowed to swear. So I'd get on the whiteboard and go, right, lads, today it's about... Family and freedom. So then I'd go around with them and, and would help them write the 16s. They had 60 minutes to write a 16 and then they'd have to get up and perform it. I've actually still got the CDs now. And then in the end, we've done graduation, you know, where you graduate and you get your little hat. I'm actually on Thursday going into the new prison with Eva Hamilton. Yeah, big up Eva, my sister. I love her to death. She's helped millions of people. She's a beautiful woman from Ireland. Been to India, to Calcutta, helped them. They made uh, homes for the dying there in memory of Mother Teresa. And she worked there for years. She's changed the homeless system. She's worked with Prince Charles on the Prince's Trust. She's an amazing, amazing, spiritual, beautiful woman. Absolutely, she, like, touched my heart. And on Thursday, I'm doing, I've am been accepted now. I'm doing my first prison visit in the new Supermax prison in Leicester, what's just been built. And I'm going in there to do a workshop. So, yeah, man. So see when you'd done the music course now, was that the first time in your life you'd ever done anything positive? Yeah, million percent. What was that feeling like? Yeah, that oh, was unreal. This is what changed me. This is what he said to me because, like, I actually, because don't forget, only white olds could come on our course, so 18 to 21-year-olds. 
So I'm seeing all these kids and like damaged, bro, like coming to the course and they're a bit nervous, you know what I mean? And they've all got ego and I was just seeing myself and like they weren't getting on, like no one wasn't getting on. There was a lot of like tension. Do you know what I'm saying? Where like and I'm like, listen, boys, this is you're never gonna I these this is their first time in prison. I'm saying I've been to every jail. If you leave this jail, you'll be good. You'll be out of town with people who's not from your area. People, you don't know some guy here or there. You don't know anyone. No one that respect you. No one don't understand your language. No one don't, don't understand your... You're going to be lonely and lost. And you're going to have to fight every day. You're in your local fucking jail. And you're on a music course with me. Then over the few days, everyone become relaxed. You know, kids are fucking rapping about abuse. Kids are rapping about the dad got killed in front of him. And I'm like, fucking hell, this isn't a joke. So, yeah, done the music course. Then I went for parole. And then fucking the chaplain said, oh, this woman, the blonde woman, what's her name? Oh, I've got to speak to her. Honestly, man, I know she's going to watch this because they all do. Yeah. What a woman you are. Like, oh, swear to God. So she, without me knowing, had written a full, massive report to my OMU. OMU is like your worker in jail when you're going for parole. And OMU said, no, he should not be released. Jordan's a manipulator. He tells me what I want to hear. He holds a heavy influence in the prison. He's still involved in drugs and phones. Because I would still have a phone and have a spliff every night, James. Fucking hell, I'm in jail for something I didn't do. My fucking birds ran off. My fucking mum's head's gone. I'm fucking I'm rapping. Everyone's asking me about music. My head was fucked. I didn't even know what I'd done. I'm on the radio and all that. <laughs> then I go, like, I think I'm on the radio. I fucking house up. How well, did you get on your radio from prison? Were you just releasing bro? stuff? It happened. I'm a song. Were they letting you release stuff or were you doing it through the phones? Letting me. They're coming in on me every single day. <laughs> Where's the phone? You posted a song, but I'd use my phone. I had a hole in my window. So every single night, I was on the ones to the freeze. I'd send my phone upstairs. So I'd have a little guy, my little mate, yeah, from Alden, a little good kid. He'd send the line out at 12 o'clock at night. I'd put it in a brew bag, cling film, tie it to the line. He'd pull the phone up. So they'd come in in the morning, boom, you posted a story at this time. They'd take my bed to pieces. They'd take everything to pieces. <laughs> and I was like, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> and I'd go straight back in. Yo, boom, phone, yes, mum. And then crack on, you know what I mean? And obviously, um, there was a massive feeling of everyone wanted me to win. Don't forget, James, I've been in prison a lot of time. I know I've got 120 people now working with me on the wing, do you know what I mean? Not like I'm not trying to bad, but really it's my you know what I mean? Wherever we go, same with my power with us. I'm, someone's got to say it, like, bro, we're not arse, especially so for people, scouts. like, bro, wherever we are, we own, bro. I'm not arse. No one ain't coming on the wing because they're in for murder and the tough. We just fucking tuna can the life out of them, mate, with six of us. It's our wing, simple as. That's why when I say I'm making my move in the rap game, like, you know, there's a lot of people in it from here to London to everywhere, like, living off false pretense. But I'm not a clout chaser. I'm not here to like slag no one off. And I think fair play to anyone James doing well. But if anyone gets in my way on this campaign or gets in my way of anything, I'm going to demolish them and destroy them on another level. And I will destroy everyone and I will come to your area and I'll expose you for who you are. And then if it takes it to your family and to anyone else, that's what it'll be. No one don't want to get in my way on this campaign. I've let all you rappers and everyone else have their years. Everyone's made their millions, you know. 
and I've just been quiet. Like, I ain't trying to put no one down, but this is my campaign. I'm going to campaign now for six months. No one don't want to get in my way. Let me have my campaign, then I'm going to leave the music game. But if any little dick wants to go down that road, best believe that I've got friends, bro, from London to everywhere. Real people, not no little rappers or whatever. If I wanted to, I'd turn these little prick streets into Taliban on another level. I just want to make that message loud and clear for any little fool that wants to come out against me or make statements or come out Please, I'm a father, a father's grave. I tell you this, right? That on this campaign, I'm not playing around. I'm genuinely ready to lose my life in a split second. Take that however you want. And I'm ready to bring it to your front doors, like with, with no cameras, nothing. I'm going to come to wherever people are. Best believe that. And I mean that from every single bone in my body. With Please look in my eyes and believe it. If people fuck with me on this campaign, what I'm doing for my tape and my tour, and I let my mother down, I am going to... Every single person, I am going to put my whole seconds and time and penny into destroying their lives because I'm not trying to destroy no one's life, James. Trying to do my job. But if any little prick gets in my way on this campaign, I promise you, provider, it's kamikaze, bro. And I've accepted that, you know what I mean? I just want my little run, James. I just want my tour, my tape, man. That's it. But you're on it, and the only person who can jeopardize that is you. The only person who can fuck it up is you. No matter what anybody says, no matter what anybody puts out there, the only person who fucks that up is you. But sometimes... No, they can do that. I don't mind anyone saying anything. I'm on about my venues and yeah. trying to go to the police about my shows and no, the manipulative yeah, little the weird shit and like the labels yeah. and the A&Rs going behind my back to promoters and... Yeah. <laughs> brother, just please let me have this little run and you can all have it forever. So anyway, sorry, so the woman gave a 16-page statement about me to pro, and the probation said no. Everyone said no. She supported it, and they gave me parole, bro. What was that feeling? Were you scared? I, no, I was just ready to go. And is that, see as soon as I you... I just wanted out, jeez. See as soon as you came out, how was the battle with trying to stay off the streets to then try to put the positivity into rap? Bro, straight in the streets. I went and sold the song straight away for 20K and bought pure whatever. Bro, none of that, mate. I was, do you know what I mean? Because Fire on the Booth as well was one of the biggest. Mm. It's 15, 16 million views now, show out with Charlie. But yeah, big what was that? How did that come about? Actually, Charlie just shouted, me. Oh, I think I said that the other day, but I remembered now. I was actually on a, a little bender with my mate Luke. I just moved on to Salford Keys, right? I'd already lived on there with my girlfriend when I first shot my video lifestyle, then I went back to jail. So I moved back on there from the MV building. I went into the green rooms, one of the best buildings on there. Beautiful. I was on the 14th floor and you could see onto the Cory set. I used to watch it on my binoculars and watch Cory live. So um, I was on a bender and he's like, get on Charlie, you're the hardest. So then I think I text Charlie, like sent him a voice, like fucking give it me. And three months later, he texted me like, do you want a fire in the booth? I went, yeah. He went, right, tomorrow I'll get down. So I just went down and done it. Did you know how big it was going to be? Did the fuck? I was ready to go to jail. I was already fucking under suspicion for fucking um, some serious shit, yeah? I'm going to go there and fucking... Because I've gone a lot far today, James, you know what I mean? I need to rein in a bit. <laughs> You're already going to jail with me, just <laughs> let it all go. <laughs> you fucked it. You fucked it in the first 10 minutes, mate. You must do <laughs> You bastard. I told you not to do this to me. This is live. You can come in now, 5 0. <laughs> so, um, I was already on the investigation for this, right? So I'm already on there thinking, fuck it, I'm gonna, but I knew I wasn't gonna get charged, but I knew I'd get arrested, all right? Which I never ended up did, all right? Um, 
so yeah man so whatever's happened and bang I was just like I need to get here get me here get me here so that's why I went and bought that old Gucci tracksuit and that. I probably had like two grand to my name I went and fucking Selfridges bought the loudest Gucci that's how lost I was I was like I've got to be a rapper James yeah. I need a Gucci tracksuit I used to buy the worst clothes because I'm thinking I'm a rapper now I'm wearing bright <laughs> Right, red Gucci tracks who's standing out like Krusty the fucking clown, right? Pale as a fucking milk ball in this Gucci ship. Right? <laughs> Spent my last bit of money on it, rented out my van off my friend, big up Lux Chauffeurs, best chauffeur company in Manchester, big up my brother Fina. I rented the van back in the day. Only the little van at the time is doing bits now, though. We've got VOs, got tour buses, but at the time, we had a little, she had me in the fucking paddy wagon, mate. I want my fucking grand back for that, you little prick, yeah? And um, so he took me up there. And it was just like the last chance, bro. Just paid for the van, bought my clothes. Didn't had nothing left. Probably a like £35, I remember it. Like, I counted my money in the back. I had nothing left. But I was prepared to go jail the next day. Like a Gemini with a lot. Thought, the promo off Charlie and everything else. Police going to come heavy on that. I was prepared for that, do you know what I mean? So I really went in there, James. Like, I could be going away for life here. I'm... Whereas I don't think I'd ever get that passion again. I wish I could pay for that passion and I could sit here now and do that kind of freestyle, but I don't think it's going to be possible again. I would genuinely believe I'm going to go away for the rest of my life. So that was where that fucking, there was, listen, the devil could have been in that room and would have killed him. Was that, how was the response once it was released? Did that change everything for you? And did that give you the confidence to go, okay, I've got something here? That, uh, or did you already have the confidence? To, I went back to prison a few weeks later. After that, actually, I shot a video. Uh, I went and done a song called Brothers. And I went down to Newham in London. Yeah, I went and shot a video in Newham. Pick up all the Newham hairs. I love Newham in London. Anytime I'm in London, a lot of Newham people show me a lot of love in the East. I have a massive respect for Newham and everybody there. Yeah, really rough area as well. Like, no other rapper ain't going there. No rapper. Let me see any of you rappers go to Newham. You know what I mean? On your own and shoot a video there. It ain't happening, mate. Give me my fucking flowers. You know what I mean, James? Mm -hmm. Really risking my life. Like, no joke. I ain't stood there with people with flick knives. Talking fucking six, seven guns just out with the video shoot out. Normal, like, bands. It's not a joke, man. Do you know what I mean? How like, was that? All your videos then popping off? Because you released a few of that. The Christmas freestyle as well, I think that's one of the fucking best. I still listen to that when I go to the gym. Wow, I think it's fucking nice. That means a lot, yeah, man. Man, fucking have to fire the booth, man. I think it's Love unbelievable. That, brother, man. Like, it's, it's no joke, mate. It's to have that, and I believe you're talking about only being a year and then smoke bombing. You've got another 10 years in the fucking game. If you stay focused, staying in the lane, do you think yourself sabotage that because it's becoming too good to be true? Where it makes it easier that you're going to fuck up? I don't know, man. Because it's fucking scary how. You can be so liked and loved and selling out tours, but yet contradict yourself and think, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Because that's an image. That's fake, bro. That's not you. But the cameras are awful. Talking about fairness, but I've got to take it in because yeah, a lot of people I won't listen to, but for a man of your structure, bro, I respect you a lot. I'll say that on camera. I respect you a lot for your job and for what you've done and the, and the circumstances. You've, and, you know, it's been like three, two years, me and you have spoken now. Yeah, yeah, I think on people and know that. Yeah. I think people think... We will keep it under. There was, yeah. No. no. I told my friend this. I said, I'm mean, mum. I said uh, the other day, she's like, James, James. I said, mum, what you don't know is I spoke to this man for three years. 
me and him have spoke and whenever we've been on the phone it's never been less than an hour conversation two hour conversation yeah. told each other stuff about each other and i've never told no one he's never told no one but we've always kept a solid bond so i've always even every time i went jail i dreamed about this like this was going to happen so this is why we come on here and being honest and the kind of uh, clientele and caliber of men that you've had on here would never give a podcast to no one so it gave me the understanding that you must have something about you and intrigued me jane so if I was ever going to go do no podcast, brother, it's this podcast, because I believe this is the best podcast that's ever been created. It's the most honest podcast. I believe you're the best interviewer in the UK, maybe in the world. Unbelievably interviewer. You, you don't walk with no ego. You don't give me no bad vibes. You've never given me no bad vibes. You're not a fucking clout chaser. You can't give a fuck for no man also. You're not asked about me. You respect me, I respect you, but you're powerful on your own man. You've built contacts. You've had men from the criminal underworld who would never do a podcast sat here. You've had Andrew Tate sat here. So for you to give me this opportunity, it's time for me, I'd humble myself and I, and I wanted to say thank you. Bro. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. From my heart with no fucking... No sick man, there's nothing in this. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, mate, and listen, the feeling's mutual, bro. I see massive talent, I see a massive future. I don't see six months for a year. Why talk about a tour and then smoke bomb when there's plenty of money to be made in three years, five years, when you're only going to be even better? Everything's a learning curve. Even talking about fucking Christ and talking about your, your pain and losing dads, that's powerful on its own. People just people just see the rap on the music. They don't see the full story. Well, wait a minute. He's actually been fucking beaten up from seven insecure units in prison, lost his fucking Tortured, dad, bro. family in no a, a got prison. A clue, bro. Do you know what I mean? So, I never ever doubt my family or my friends or anything what people have done to me. I never ever shame no one, bro, when they try to shame me. I might be angry at him, but I'd never, do you know what I mean, bro? I hold someone in me that's godly, bro, and I'm glad, because otherwise, I'd be on here now, like, I've been through this, it's happened to me, I believe this is my trauma, I'm this. anything that I've done, I believe is my fault, I've chose that route, do you know what I mean? How, what's your best song you've done, so far? The best Fire song you've done? Yeah, it was class. That's world class. Nothing will ever do. You know I mean, I look at the people that's been in that booth, they don't even come... I love a Cal, I love a Caller as well. I think he's unbelievable. Yeah, Caller big up Caller big up Rest with you, big up K Coke. Them men and K Coke as well. Love him, man. He's big up all them and nothing against them, but nothing offend. No one's got nothing on my fire in the booth, and that's nothing against them. Big up all them, man. But no one really went on there and put their heart and their soul and risked their life with their lyrics. Like they did do good, they did touch souls, but I talked about shit that's really happened. Risked my fucking life for that fire in the booth. Badded that fire in the booth up and walked out of there. So please, please, everybody, don't ever doubt my fire in the booth. Mine's the best fire in the booth. And I don't even want it for me. This is for my people. This is for Salford. Big up Salford. Big up Little Lord. And we are alive forever. We're on the map forever. No matter what happens to me or happens to anyone, they will never forget about Salford. And that's something that I'm proud of, man. How has it been a white guy in the rap game? Does that come into play? Or is that all bullshit? It's going to win it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's going to win it, mate. It's like fucking a, a black guy coming to the pool night in the pub. Regardless of what anyone says, there's an agenda in there. I understand it, man, but I also thrive off that, James. I understand everywhere I go, whether I'm smiling and I'm nodding, best believe I've got something two feet away from me and I'm prepared for anyone's body language turning weird and they're going to get it. 
I know that people will feel a type of way. I look on a little shrug, I don't mind it. Somebody crosses the line with me, bro, I'm not arguing. You'll never see me arguing, no one. There's no footage, is there? It's not happening, bro. Rather, I'm getting knocked out, I'm knocking someone out. I'm not getting into no fingers. If I feel the vibe off this, I'm getting it cracking. You know, I travel around a lot. I go to areas people don't like it, but that's why I don't take entourages because then you're going to cause trouble. I can carry myself. Jack can carry yourself. We're, we're good. When we, I bring all these entourages like I normally do, 10, 15 lads, I get into fights. Glasgow, Dublin, wars. Over them, chatting to someone's bird. Him thinking he's bad with the barman. Me and my friend there, we conduct ourselves. We last like play the fool, bro. Go in, you're right, everyone nod. We sit on our own, we don't bother no one, we don't want no issues. I've realised that lowering my circle is protecting myself. Do you feel as if you lose yourself more the bigger the circle? You've yeah. got something to prove. James, massive. Because I'm like, he's with me, he's with me, they're with me. But James, they won't do that for me, brother. They're using you, bro. They're using me. This is why on my tour now, you will see no one, you'll see nobody. None of you little dicks are coming. No one ain't coming. You're going to see me, you're going to see Jack, you're going to see Fina. You're going to see Jaylis, and you ain't going to see another fucking soul. All you produce a little muppet who come around, milked off me, yeah, earn thousands off me. You dirty little rap bastards, you won't see any of them. Only these little muppet rappers that I brought in and give careers to you ungrateful little pieces of shit. You ain't going to see them. You're going to see no one. Oh, sorry, I'm Mick Willow, my DJ. He's going to be there. Apart from that, um, on every other tour, bro, I had how many? 20, 30 people, minimum. Classic grand, three nights in a row in Glasgow, 30 people fighting the security. Never me, everyone, my entourage. Little Alana, big up, little Glasgow bird, top little girl, man, respect, man. She's a good promoter. She got me three nights in Glasgow. She's like, Jordan, you know, all your mates causing trouble, you're not. I'm going to the bar, I think, to fight to get my mates, cousins, birds, fucking brother in. And I'm like, boys, mate, this is my job. You're coming here to get, oh, James, mate, but you know, this is why now. It's nothing, and also though, James, that's not about putting them people down and leaving them. I'm not trying to leave no one and be like, oh, I'm doing this without you. I'm not getting some out of it. I'm like, brothers, man, I love you. I love everyone. Please now give me this time. I need to just push forward at 200 miles an hour, a speed that I'm happy with. I have no children, no wife, no nothing, no restrictions. I can travel and move at the speed of lightning. I'm ready to do anything to make this happen. Use all of a lot of restrictions you're burdening me with. Oh, I've got to do this with her. I've got to do this with my kids. I've got, I understand that. I can't, I can't let you cross this border, mate, because I'm coming here. And, and if you're not at my speed, I'm sorry. I'm going to come back in about a year, start a label, and I'll sign you all and we can do it. But for this year, please back the fuck off because I'm going lightning speed and no one ain't on my speed, James. That's how it is. How have you dealt with the fame? Kids coming from kind of lost soul to then becoming popular how's it been uh well to be honest it's been lovely you know i'm not gonna lie and say like it's been hard it's been beautiful because a lot of my fan base is people like us james like um people who's oh, people been through mad shit crime this even people who've not been through crime they've grew up in them areas everyone relates so like whether i go newcastle glasgow and meeting people who are like me you no, know, a lot of people get fans, and this is not to discredit anyone. I'm never here to discredit an artist. I'm just trying to describe my fan base. My fan base has never had a mascot. There's never been someone to represent the slums, the schemes. There's been someone who's like us, but then they're a bit westernised. They want to be American. There's never been a proper, what from the slum kind of cat like me. 
who's representing. So I think people a lot around our kind of coaches and our cities were late. I've got fans who like wouldn't ever go up to no one. I've a lot of like, you know, high profile criminals, people like this who are like, I'm not a fucking fanboy, Jordan, but I just want to see your music touch, man. But I understand and I'll see it when I see people, they get nervous, like they don't want to look like they're licking ass. And I say to them, you're not licking ass. I know you relate to the music. You don't care for me as a person or for what I can do for you. I know you're just coming over to go, I've lost someone or I've lost my friend. I relate to what you're saying sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, man, I've got to be very grateful because it's not the stupid people, like people who relate to my music, I know we're already on my level. So when they come over and say, when you said this in a song, I know he's been through that because you couldn't. So I'll sit down with these people and have a pint with them. I'll go to their house and meet the mums because I know they're cut from the same cloth. Whereas if it's someone just like, do me a rap, I'm with me and that man are going to fight, you know what I mean? Because I'm not going to take that. So like, but my fan base is so real from the little kids because they've all grew up in the houses. The mums and dads are grafters, the hustlers. I just love my fans. I genuinely love them. Like in jail, they write to me every day. They camp out outside energy. Are you going to take this in? They camp out. They camp out at the prison gate. They write me emails and letters every day from Plymouth, Portsmouth, Wrexham, Bristol, fucking Warrington, St. Helens, Liverpool. You can't name a city. Jordan, stay strong. I'm getting these thousands of letters. So any other output is what people have made their own mind up of. People don't understand the kind of fan base I've got and that what I know I've got. I know what I built. And they're like, don't do that mad thing. You might lose it. Don't post a little brass. Don't be going getting pissed, brother. I'll do what the fuck I want. My fans are with me. They love it that I'm waking up. They see me getting smacked out by a bouncer, pissed out my head. They know I'm fucked. They know I could come back and light the cunt up. They know I could send somebody and fucking obliterate the whole fucking set. But they know that I laugh it off. Real people, if you've never been in them situations, you ain't real, you ain't frontline. I'm in town every weekend with people, karaoke bar, comedy bar, what's happening in the pub, what's happening, piping, man, bam, yeah, man. Where's anybody else? So, you know, respect to the people who take the choice to move out of this and become businessmen. I also respect them artists. They're very good people because they've seen the shit and they ain't going to risk it. But I've been away for a long time and I can't just go live in Chelsea and live here. Yeah, I could go rent big houses. Where am I going to fit in, James, bro? It takes time, mate. I need to yeah. be with my people. I need to be going out. I'm going out tonight. I'm in Glasgow tonight, mate. I'm out in the West End. I'm in with, with the boys. I'm with the fellas, mate. I'm here, man. And it's not me wanting to just be out here. These are my people, James. I can't feel comfortable around straight heads and these weird industry guys. I feel like you should judge people like me, you little cunt. I'd rather be around a few. I'm with the... Is what it is, James. I've yeah. got to be around my own people, James. What was it like being in the red carpet on Jungle with other artists, K-Coke, Dizzy Rasco, a lot of big names? How was that feeling? Oh, that was magic. You've got to remember, I've listened to Dizzy in that all my life. Like, all my life, James, right? That's a massive achievement. And shout-out to the directors, Chaz and Junior, my brother, for giving me the opportunity. Junior is doing another film now, and I won that role. I'm going to fix up, but he knows that I'm a bit of a fuck-up, right? <laughs> so many of made that man give me opportunities. Imagine me, I'm filming. I'm out in Soho, four in the morning in Thai brass, doing fucking about nine brass in there, chinged up to fuck, yeah. They're having to come and get me. I'm going on set like this, not speaking to no one. Got to go get mic'd up. Fuck off. Got to go costume. Got to go makeup. Got to go practice the script. I'm saying, fuck yes. I'm like having like outbursts. I was like a big kid. But James, I, I was like, acting like I was Brad Pitt. You know, because I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're giving me my own trailer. 
And then Junior had to G-check me one day, like, do you think we fucking need you? I'm risking my life for you to even be here. No one even wants you here. And I was like, wow, what a guy. Like, Junior is amazing. Like, he's been through a lot of shit in his life. and He's changed his life around, done his first series, directing and won at BAFTA. And yeah, man, big up all the Jungle Squads because we won a BAFTA at the BAFTAs for our first ever series. Big up the whole Jungle Squad. We are in the history forever. It's what people need to remember. I'm a BAFTA winner. That sounds, man. It's unbelievable. Listen, I'm proud of you. Bastard, well. James, man. How did the relationship with Tyson Fury start? Um, oh, Tyson, my brother, man. Loved that man, you know. Uh, Tyson, just basically, we're from the same area, do you know what I mean, brother? So, you know, we always would have mutual friends and people that know each other. And, yeah, man, he's just sharing my music. I have a lyric of a new album that says, um, when Tyson was in Vegas training some of the freestyles, I felt like a lifer that was getting a retrial. You know what I mean? because he posted one time in Vegas with uh, Sugar Ray, a few other people, and he was training some of the songs, and I was actually in my house, I was ready, I was, oh bro, I was murderous that week, I was honestly, bro, I'd been on some madness, and my mum come and woke me up with it, she said, Tyson, Tyson, she's like, Tyson's playing these songs, and bro, just to see him with my song, I just scrolled all day and watched it, put it on my story, saved it, Put my phone on airplane mode and just watch that video all day. She's coming back in, I'm sweating, I'm a chippy. She's bringing me food and eating it. I was like, Tyson, man, because you've got to remember being a traveller, being from Salford, they're like, we've never had no representation. Gypsies is always like, oh, gypsies. They won't say to us, though, because we're here, you know. Also, I just shot at a little Lucas brand. You're going to see this brand everywhere. This is little Lucas. This is a star in the making. This is Hunter's son. This is a king that's been born. This has got king's blood. This man is going to take over the world. So get with the movement now at the Instagram, little, at Little Lucas. Buy these hats. They're also going to be members' collections. There's only going to be hundreds of these made. So get your hat and you're going to see some big shit from Little Lucas next year. Big up Hunter, man, my brother. So as much as we touch on all the dark stuff and the pain and the misery and the loss and the heartache, you talk about songs finally both one of the best old time you talk about red carpet events taking your mum who's watched all our kids suffer watched her man suffer like pain the misery she's caused i've just spoke to your mum there on facetime amazing women to still fucking be here but and then you're talking about tyson fury playing his your music and at vegas big thing do you know what i mean james. these are this is why i see it james well you've got because it the misery and pain you've been through. Remember, you're going to struggle with massive PTSD, bro. Whether you want to believe it or not, seeing fucking people hanging from ropes, seeing shooting, slashing, stabbings, fucking hot water on people—that's struggle and pain, bro. That's like being in a fucking war zone. You're going to struggle massively, so people can then understand. Wait a minute, this guy's head is actually fucking fried. Now they'll actually understand your music a bit more. Do you know what I mean? Because when I see you struggle, bro, and I have to be honest here, I see you struggle when you're on the whether you're on the packet or the booze or whatever the fuck you do when you jump on lives I think you're lost do you see that as well it's fucking embarrassing James because I've been so long doing well and then like say like one person can be my trigger it can be my friends in jail it can be anything I'll start blocking Kane I'll start sending Kane paragraphs like you're turning on me and I'll block him I'll block everyone I'll block I'm a bit paranoia for what am I doing mate I wake up in the morning and I can't even look at myself. I'm looking at the mountain thinking, oh, I'm sweet, putting my shoes on. Sweet. I'm going up there now. I'm going to do a big fucking line of sniff and I'm going off the mountain. And I'm, I'm visualising it. Well, I'm going to hit the wall. I'm going to hit the rocks. I'm going off the mountain in a minute. 
because I couldn't deal with it, come down. But then I'll go have a sauna and steam, get a little meal, get a massage. And I'm like, nah, I've not done anything, me. I go into defensive mode, James. And if I ring someone and they go, oh, last night I go block. Go on my block list there now. I'll show you on my phone, mate. I can tell you now, 50, 60 people blocked. People who's offering me 100, 300, 400,000 pound contracts, 150 pound promotional things. As soon as you go, oh, what happened last night, block? I believe it's the devil who brings up your past. James, if you had a shit, like, if you fucking done madness and cut someone down, whatever, you know, tomorrow if I went for a cafe, I'd say, you all right, James, you want a brew? I would never say, why'd you do that, James? Who am I to ask you why you did that? Or you did that because you did that. And I believe that I wish my, if you're my friend, like my brother there, he'd never ask me a thing. We'd do some mad shit, wake up the next day, we'd never question each other. Yeah, I've never questioned him, he's never questioned me. That's why we're friends now, and that's why we're here together, we travel together. He doesn't ever want to be on camera, that's my brother. And like, because we don't question each other because, bro, we ain't got time for it. The gossip, the girlfriends, eh, did this. Yeah, fucking go and sit with your sad lives, your boring lives, sit in the same bed every night, sit there, not providing for your people and go and judge me. Fuck, judge me. I provide for my whole family, provide for my friends. Judge me as Jordan, don't. You judge me as a person. I'm a better person than most people. They don't know my heart, bro. I fucking give everything to everyone until you paid for as many funerals as me without wanting no bullshit from me. I don't want no bullshit. So anyone who have done that for, I don't think I'm saying it like that. Until you pay for as many funerals, school uniforms, done my charity events, not wanting no credit from it, not posting it. Brother, you got a long road to go to question me. Yeah, go and question yourself. What have you done for your mother? What have you done for your family? What have you done for your brothers? Then come and question me. And if I want to have a drink and be a blue in every now and then, then I will. But James, I've done a lot. When are you at your happiest? Just when I'm doing music, bro. Then I'm in the studio with a good with people, with a good producer who genuinely wants to make music, a good rapper and does good vibes. People not getting the phones out, people not wanting to drink, people wanting to get deep about music. But it's hard for me to find musicians to connect with me on that level because I'm very loud and obnoxious and I'm, I move around a lot. So it takes a lot for people to get in a comfortable situation with me, you know what I mean? How was Thailand, bro? Can you talk, can you talk about that? Yeah, it was lovely, boy. It was bad at the same time. Why did you go to Thailand? Don't know. Escape? Fresh start? Just got off. Went to a label. I said, I'll sell you three songs for 35 grand. <laughs> they said, no problem. I sent them the three songs. They said, we'll shoot the videos on the weekend. I said, sweet. Yeah. It transferred me 22. I said, I need more to buy the outfits. They sent the rest and I bought my flight. I went to Thailand. Come home with nothing. I had to get my mum to book the flight. <laughs> I think but then it's, it's, it's calm. But it's like mad because I come back and then I checked my deal and I had 17 grand in my deal. So then I went back to the label. Big up NQ. <laughs> I just been there before to miss me and greet. Big up NQ, Northern Quarters label, man. Maximum respect. They've done a lot for me. They designed Miss. I just done an album there. And miss album released today in Glasgow and the meet and greets. Um, massive respect for NQ. Still buying me through a lot of shit. So yeah, I shot a video from the other day. I own two more videos. One with Jay Liz, Rain On Me, and one with Comfort called One Last Shot, shooting them on Saturday and Sunday, so that'll be it with them. Um, how does the music industry work? How do you get? Because I know you've no manager or fuck all, so how does it work? I, basically, no, I just sell singles. I don't sell, like, tapes. I did sell them a tape for 100 grand. How do they get the return? 
So they'll get there. Before you then earn money, like me with Crooks and Queens now. So I sold them Crooks and Queens for £100,000, right? So they give me 100 k They then spent 160 k on the project. On like travelling, recording costs, hotels, features, beats, merchandise, CDs, all kinds. So I ended up owing them 260 grand. So they after them recoup their money. So on, I will not earn another penny till the recoup. We're not far off recouping now. We're on that two for her. So after another 30-odd bag, I'll start getting... I'm on a 50-50 split. I've never done an 80-20. Most labels, every label in this country, most rappers are on 80-20s. It's bog standard. I said, I want a 50-50, bro. And NQ was fair enough to give me a 50-50 deal. Never happens on a label. It just doesn't happen. It's not, in, it's, not the, yeah. it's not the structure. Do you know what I'm saying? So um, they've given me that... They could be a 50-50 deal, so they said that. They have to recoup their money. They've recouped their money now through, like, streams. I think the streaming I've done about the 70 bag and then um, the song being used on things and promo clips you then get. It's called PRS. It's uh, publishing. You get these, these multiple things, and I've done a few features with people from... You go and do a few promos. I went and sold my CDs, sold like 3,000 CDs. I think you see when I've done the meet and greets, I've done 32 cities in 10 days, done five cities, four cities a day. Leeds, Sheffield, Doncaster, Manchester, Salford, Warrington, Birmingham, Leicester, Nottingham in the Midlands, then I've done London, Kent, Surrey. I just, then I've done Glasgow, Edinburgh. I've done Edinburgh, come to Glasgow, got stopped on the motorway, just where the flats are as you're coming over the bridge there, just over there. Yeah, I got stopped, got tea packed in and got given a notice to leave Glasgow. 24 hour notice. Got banned from the city centre for 24 hours. Right. Because there was over 400 kids in Glasgow running around waiting for me. So I never got to come to Glasgow. So all the kids come to Edinburgh and I've done the meet and greet there. Then I went to Ireland. I, I, uh, yeah, I went hard, James. You know, i got to remember that's me for 13 days in no hotels and a tour bus with nine men. Then hand-to-hand selling CDs meeting every person who's there, speaking to them, staying with them five hours in every spot. Wigan, Warren, fucking Hull. <sighs> Hull. I can't remember all the cities, you know. Oldham, Rochdale, Berry, and uh, where else, Shackle? Yeah, I went Leeds. Leeds. Everywhere, wasn't it? Basically covered, like, all the area. What I did was I went on my Spotify, so, like, when you're like, you can download Spotify on your phone, that'd be like for you as a customer to listen. But there's a thing called Spotify for Artists. So if you're a verified artist, you can download an app called Spotify for Artists. So it shows me the analytics. Do you know what analytics are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Analytics is like the um, the data, the information, the, the demographics of people. Yeah. They know. So I could see the age of my fans, the gender of my fans, the where I'm most liked. So I hit them cities hard. A lot of people ask me, why don't you come here? Why don't you come there? Because you're not on my Spotify, you're not on the Apple Music. It's nothing against you personally. But I can't see through my analytics that I've got fans there. So I studied my analytics like an analyst for weeks. And then I then said, right, we're going to go to all these cities. I hired the tour buses myself, paid for that. I hired all my staff. I bought my own CDs. I bought my own merchandise. Sold all that. Recouped about 70 grand, what I give straight to NQ. So then I was already on like 150 and then the YouTube 
has done about 30k since Little Launch and about 8 mil, some of all. But the album didn't do too well. It charted, I think, the 38. Not bad, and no independently with the label. And they would have pushed it more, but I'd gone over budget by like 40k because it's me. So I didn't really have much money for marketing. It was basically Jordan hit the road. They didn't say that, but I had to do that to recoup it for them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'd still be in debt to them. So I then went and just done my own thing for a year. Didn't release no music, just travelled, done Jamaica, Mexico, whatever. Went around the world, man. Just, it's always what I've always wanted, you know. So living, yeah, just living basically. I think that's Paris, Manzarote, Tenerife. Met different women, met different people. Just testing myself, James. I felt like I could become weak-minded and soft and a cabbage potato brain. Like I wanted to go places and be tested. That's why I do a lot of this uh, cold water. What we're going to be doing yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow I'm like. That's why I just test myself, you know. I mean, whereas now I'm like I'm not here to prove nothing, man. I'm like, all right, Jordan. But it's good that you've lived as well, mate, because you've you never had a youth. I never You did. never had a fucking you never really no disrespect, not as if you never Christmases. had a life, mate, but eleven Christmases. You've missed James. out in so much. One after another, James, eleven Christmases, bro. So to begin through that, to then achieving things, travelling the world, yes, you're going to fuck up because you've still got that loopiness, that fucking matters. Let's be honest, mate, you've been yeah. sitting on this podcast. The neighbours will be thinking, fucking they do that in there. <laughs> but, they'll be telling me I'm loopy, you're worse than me. But it's unbelievable where you've came from. Like I say, I have nothing but love and respect for you. I'm rooting for you to do big things. You're already doing big things, but I believe there's more to come if you can stay in that path. But again, that's all down to you. How do you feel speaking about is so openly and so freely to, me, yeah, to be honest with you I'm glad I got this out of the way at the end of the day God forbid anything happens brother listen I live a mad life I go out I'm in clubs I'm in pubs every man listen brother I ain't no I ain't no different to any man that's higher there's a million more dangerous men than me there's a million more tougher men than me and there's people about a heart like me and they want to take my position and you know I'm not a stupid James and I know what I'm going to face, even when you leave now, I'm going to go out for a drink and food. I know what I'm going to face. I know what comes. I know that some little con can just come. I know what, James, I know. I know people think I just go places like Unky Dory. I know the ins and outs because I've been this more than anyone. So, like, I know, bro, I'll be honest. I'd live every day like it's my last, you know, spend all my money, spend everything. I ain't got much. I ain't no rich guy, bro. I'm in a good position, yeah, but I'm not rich, so I, like Bob Marley says, what's rich, bro? Rich is peace, rich is family. I don't really have no family. I ain't really got no peace. I ain't got no love. I ain't got no trust. I don't trust anybody, bro, you know what I mean? Apart from Jacko. So it's one of them, man. Like, he has to go sometimes. He's got his own life, you know what I mean? Boy, he's got his own kid. He's got this, like, then I go on my own little roots, bro. Do you know what I mean? I have to leave, brother, before I go and decapitate people, bro. Nah, man. Would you ever give up the booze? Drinking? I hope so, innit? Because that. For me, looking from the outside, I've interviewed enough people and understand enough people. I know you wear your hat on your sleeve. I know you're loyal as fuck. I know if I was to phone you tomorrow in trouble, you'd probably you'd be there in that I'd fucking heart bin. And vice versa, bro. Like dog. I say, I've, I've always been raised to keep my cars close to my chest. There's not people think they know my life. They don't. Same I'm very secretive. I'm people very. Think they uh, know me, James. I've had to dumb myself down and play the fools of fame with these music games so I can get venues and get this. People haven't got a clue, and they think, "Oh, he's soft. They ain't got a clue." If you cross the line with me, brother, I'm with yeah. Kamikaze. I'll come through your fucking window and nap you. They never live like us. People that like, watch films and this about this and that. They're not on shit, brother. We're talking about putting fucking landlovers through kitchens, going in and taking people. Whatever people think that's bangers, yeah, it is. I've done it, mate. You know. You listen to Little Orton, you know, what do I say? From the front door, man got snatched. Ask the mum and dad's boy if this is just rap. 
No, it's not about acting hard. This is just like I'm saying, this is the truth. Go ask the mum and dad's boy. This is just rap front door, land over, fuck off, slam, come here, get in the car, little dickhead. Send them, try to lamp hold, scalp, see you later. What? It's in a bit. I'm not here to act bad or whatever, me. You cross the line with me, that's what's happening. Don't go talk, go talk. Cross the fucking line with me and see if I don't risk it all. When I may risk it all, it's because I risk it all. I'm not here to act bad. I know even after this podcast what things I'll approach. People approach me and will come and try to do that. How many see you as trying to approach me and ruin my mother's dream? You know, I don't give a fuck. And if I have to do whatever I've got to do, I'm prepared for this. You know what I mean? My best belief, even if I go jail or you win me, I ain't going to stop. It ain't going to get ended, mate. It ain't going to be you just won. I'm going to go and I'll spend every last penny on every little prick. But I don't want to do that. Where do you go forward for the future, brother? Have you got big plans? I know you're you're living by the day and thinking six months a year you want to finish this tour. But if you inside internally, so James can't lie to you. If I sit here and go, man, I ain't seeing passing on December. My tour, in it, my tour, my tape, my tour and my tape. It's the last round, man. My new song, first song on the album. It's the last round of life, Fraser vs Ali. Blood in my eyes, swinging blind, bro, I can't see. Was down bad and they didn't ever come see me. Was looking in my corner, bro, I only hit C3. Like, it's the last round. The last round was when Fraser and Ali had the thriller and Manila and the fighting and Fraser had blood in his eyes and he couldn't see. He fighted the last round, so I'm saying, it's my last round of like Fraser vs Ali. Got blood in my eyes, swinging blind, bro, I can't see. But I ain't got blood in my eyes. When I mean blood in my eyes, I mean the hatred, the pain. I'm blinded by all these people. I've got this blood in my eyes, bro. So I'm swinging blind, trying to push forward in my career. They're my kind of metaphors I'm trying to... What's been the proudest moment of your life so far? Just to make my mum proud, bro. To walk my mum down that red carpet. It's epic. It's everything for me. God forbid anything else happens. And all my mother's going to go to heaven proud of me. I'm proud of her. Like, that's it, bro. It's not about, like... I know a lot of people want a lot of things. I also, in my life, want a lot of things. People forget I'm 29. I've achieved what I wanted to achieve. I'm happy just now just to chill. I'll go and live in a shack with beans on toast and I'll be happy, bro. I don't want the Ferrari and the mansion on the hill and the this and the that. I don't want what other people have not got, bro. I don't want no big chain. I don't want no nothing, man. Do you know what I mean? I just want good friends, bro. Good company, man, and good times, bro. I want to change my life, make enough money to go and find God properly, bro. Build some fucking little churches and that in Thailand. Have a little fighting gym. Dedicated Arnold as well. Love you, brother. King Arnold, I love you to death, my little brother. And I promise you, I'm trying to change for you, my brother, forever. And um, yeah, man, that's it. I, not in terms of it's like I'm the best, because I ain't the best, James. I'm the biggest fucking scumbag you've probably ever had on him, but you won't believe half the shit I've done, bro. Trust me now. To my own family, to my own people, you know what I mean? I come out, ain't no perfect guy, mate. Let me tell you, mate. No winners. Let me tell no you. No winners. You won't believe half of it. But for where you've came from to what you're doing now, it's totally night and day, whether you believe it or not, other people can see it. I'm not going to sit here and bullshit, I'm going to keep it real, man, you've done amazing. I'm fucking proud of you, you don't need to block everything out in your life, because you, obviously you put it into music and you speak those words, but again, you, for what you've done, and for any kid from Salford, or any fucking scheme or house in a state, it shows what can be done, bro. Do you know what I mean, how far you've come? So, for anybody watching Jordan, it's in that life of struggle, it's fucking things, so there's no way out. What advice would you have for them? Just keep going, bro. Just keep going and keep doing. You don't take your life and don't do nothing. Change your surroundings, man. Do you know that paradise is a flight away? Do you know that peace is a flight away? Whether, you know, people want Maldives and this and Dubai, I've been them places. Do you know if you just go to Gibraltar or you just drive over the border and go France and do it, just go, just relax, man. You know, £400 
If you go lastminute.com, is a big holiday that can change your life. Ten days of peace can change your life, man. But also, James, I ain't no one to give no one no advice, probably, you know what I mean? I ain't trying to give no one no advice. No one don't listen to me, but I want to say that. Like, don't follow me, bro, you know what I mean? I'm putting myself down, but don't follow me, bro, because I ain't fixed, bro, and I'm far from it, you know what I mean? And I'm, I ain't trying to be fixed, bro. You know what I'm saying, brother? You know I've got nothing but love and respect for you. You know I genuinely wish you all Thank the best you. for the future. Yeah, I love you, bro. Would you like to start a shop on anything, bro? Thank you. Yeah, man. That's what I say. Fucking um, God bless my father, Jim McCann. God bless all my family for any arguments we've ever had or any wrong I've ever done. I would genuinely apologise to any of my brothers or sisters I've ever hurt, my nieces and nephews or anyone, or my friends or anyone I've ever done wrong to. I never meant anything if I ever did. I do love you. I'm a lost guy myself trying to find my way. I love you. And without you, there's no way to do this for you, all of you. Love you, brother. And shout out to Cap and McCann. You've lost that agent. Love you, brother. God bless you. Sports Social Podcast Network.